Hey, let's start the show. It's June 25th, 2015. Welcome to This Is Only a Test, the official podcast of Tested.com. I'm Will Smith. Sweet seated, jams. Seated directly to my left. Norm, wait! What? Nope. Something's changed. Nope. Norman is working on a secret project down in Los Angeles today. So I'm joined today by Jeremy Williams. Hi. Formerly of Game Theory, but more recently of This Is Only a Test. Yes. And Gary Witta. Also, also formerly, formerly of Game, of game theory. theory. Yeah. And that was the Game Theory music. Well, Jeremy rightly pointed out, This Is Only a Test folk are outnumbered by Game Theory folk today. So I figured, you know, we'll, we'll bust out the Game Theory music. That's true. That, good, was a, that was a blast from the past. You composed yeah. that, didn't you, Jeremy? It's a good track, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's, it's great. A, it's hot beats, man. I, I always liked it because it, it gave the suggestion of, like, ancient wisdom. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you the, are, the podcast was anything but that. Well, I mean, but in your in, in in your benefit, in your side, you and Colin both are fairly ancient and occasionally wise. Occasionally, well, always ancient, but only occasionally only wise. occasionally wise. But yeah. it did. But it did. It did the, the podcast that music that you just heard it gave the impression? I think the brief that we gave to Jerry was: imagine that you are a traveler on a on a quest <laughs> for knowledge. Did they really say this? <laughs> Probably. No, no. <laughs> Imagine that you are a travel- traveler on a quest for knowledge. Yeah. And you're climbing up this mountain somewhere in Asia to get to the top where these ancient Zen monks of the gaming industry, basically me and Colin, yeah. would sit at the top and we would, we would bring you enlightenment. Western enlightenment yes. with an Eastern you almost yes. d- You almost don't need the animated intro to the podcast now that you have that imagery. Yeah. That's good. There yeah. was an animated intro for the podcast? I'm saying there could have been. Oh. But now you have that. No. But if there was one, that's what it would be. Right. Um, so, like I said, Norm's on assignment this week. Uh, thanks. Welcome back to the show, Gary. It's been a little while. It's been a long time. I mean, I, I hardly ever get to do it these days, so it's a treat for me to be here. We're we're in, what, like every six months, it seems like, these days? I used to be here every single week. Every I don't know how week. I did that. What was I doing with my life? That I, was coming, I had time to come in here every single well, week. If you think about it, it was between Eli and After Earth. Right, and but I'm still st- I'm still supposed to be busy in between movies coming out. That's how the next movie comes out. I think I think yeah, you know, we've made a history of getting people to be guests on our podcast who like to get out of the house occasionally, but don't always. I have mean, the to be honest with you, this that. week was perfect for me because it's been I've been super super busy, and I'm about to be super busy again. But this is one of those like rare weeks where it's like the calm before the storm, and I've been twiddling my thumbs a little bit. So it's actually perfect for me to. A perfect time for me to get out and see some real people. Well, I'm glad we were able to pry you away from Batman to get you over. I'm here. just glad we finally have a podcast where everyone's wearing an Apple Watch. Oh yeah, oh, I, yeah. I almost wore my Speedmaster today without thinking about it. No, I'm fifty fifty on it's Apple all Watch Apple, Speedmaster. All Apple Watch podcast. Like yeah, that. no, this is un- and all is, and all dads. It is all, all dad. All Apple Watch podcast. <laughs> I got to say, on the dad front, this this like the three weeks on either side of the solstice are brutal. Because the sun's oh, the up late, at like six thirty in the morning yeah. and out until and the nine o'clock. Sunset. I have one of the <clears throat> one of the complications mm-hmm. on my watch is the thing that tells you when sunset and sundown is every day. You use and that, right? I as a yeah, because right now, okay, so eight thirty four. That's basically as it's crazy. It's eight thirty at night, and the sun is still high in the sky. Basically, yeah. it's still broad daylight outside. This is the summer solstice. I much prefer the winter when it's like dark at five o'clock. Yeah, that's great because you because that way when you're tired of of being on kid detail, you can be like, look, it's nighttime. It's time. But yeah, to go my to daughter, bed. my daughter will say like, it's not time to go to bed. It's clearly daytime yeah. outside. <laughs> yeah, I get that too. Um, my daughter is up at six ten every morning, oh and she God. says. 
mommy, mommy, daytime, daytime. And mommy's like, go back to sleep. I'll turn on your lights. So you can read. Is she in her own bed yet? Or yeah, her she's in her own. We, we, um, we moved her out of the crib and now she sleeps on a queen size mattress on the floor because she was falling out and she didn't like the rails. So nice. we just never got a bed frame. That's like, yeah, it's good. Yeah, so she has like a six inch fall at most, which is fine. That's good. You don't have to worry about them falling out of the bed. Yeah. As ours very occasionally does. We have the bumpers, mm-hmm. but she will still occasionally flail around and then you hear a... It's a big thumb. <laughs> that bed. Oh, yeah. we got to go get her. See our bed, uh, the bed we have right now, it's low enough that when she falls out, most of the time she doesn't even wake up. She's just like, wakes up in the morning. She's like, why the fuck am I on the floor? So I think she, I think I think ours did that once. I think she fell out of the bed. Slept like we it. saw, we just found her on the floor asleep. <laughs> she either fell out or crawled out, but whatever it was, she was fine with sleeping on the floor. I took my daughter camping this weekend, but talk amongst yourself for a second. So I think somebody just came in the door. Brilliant live podcasting. I love it. Someone came in the door. So right. Jeremy, well, yeah. what, what shall you and I talk about? Well. You wanted to talk about the Apple Watch, and he didn't want you to. So why well, don't you because you know, obviously, you've already talked about it a lot. But I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll just take the opportunity to say I, I, I very much like mine. I think it's good. Yep, I'm enjoying it. What do you? What do, What have you found? You use it for the most? Uh, usually, I use it for schedules. Actually, I, I use the default screen, so it gives all the data on there. Oh, the modular one. Yeah, yeah that's what I have. See? Do you? That's all right. Cool. And you, you changed it to blue. It's the ugliest of screens. It is the ugliest. But it's, it's also the most functional. It's the most functional. You, you just left the front door open, Gary, for oh, did hobos I? and homeless people to come in. All right. Yeah. Uh, I don't, don't like the band, though. I don't like this uh, plasticky band, only because I want it to be slightly tighter or slightly looser than two So you got notches. yourself the leather, the leather loop. So I, got the, I splurged on the leather loop, and it better fit just how I want it, because it's it will. expensive it's, as hell. It's my favorite. It's the one that I got with mine, and it's my favorite band. I like it a lot. It hurts when you have to spend an extra 150 bucks to get it. Did, did you guys see the 150 bucks for a leather? Band. It is kind of crazy. Yeah. What they're charging for the bands. Nearly 500 for the, for the stainless steel thing. Is that right? Yeah. yeah it's like 450, I think. I mean, their markup on those has got to be crazy. Somebody told me that for the, the sports band, I think it cost them like three or four bucks to, to make that. And they're and selling it for bucks? 50, 50, 50. Yeah. Wow. Um, I took my daughter camping this weekend. Yeah. Yep. My wife and I went camping on Father's Where'd you Day. go? We went to a little state park outside Pescadero, California. See, I would have thought that you would just start, ease into it by like camping in your backyard. We did that a couple of, uh, we did that once last summer and then set up the tent last weekend and kind of to air everything out, kind of explore the, like let her get excited about the tent right. again. But this is your first time like going actually out into the great outdoors. Yeah. Someplace that if we had to punt out, like the first time we did backyard camping, we had to punch out at three o'clock in the morning, which was unpleasant, mm. Like, but it basically meant scooping somebody up and then coming inside and getting yeah. into our beds. Yeah. With this, that wasn't as much of an option. So we could have still done it because it was like an hour away, but it was windy back country roads up into the mountains of, you know, Northern California. And it, it went so really where, well. where is it that you went? So Pescadero is 45 minutes south of Half Moon Bay. So we went, we drove down to Half Moon Bay, had got some groceries, had lunch at Cameron's, you know, the, Oh the, yeah. Cameron's the British yeah, pub. The British I love pub. that place. Yeah. Great bangers and mash. Yeah. Um, and then rolled down to Pescadero, which is about 40 minutes south before you get to Santa Cruz though. So, okay. Now is that the, when you go, cause I know nothing about camping. Mm-hmm. Do you have to like reserve something or do you just show up with a tent? So this is the thing that I learned. Cause I like my previous camping was either on private property, county parks, or like backcountry back camp, backpacking. And when you go backcountry backpacking, you can get permits. You have to get a backcountry permit that says, hey, I'm allowed to sleep in the woods here or be on this trail if you're in a national park or something, just so you don't have like a massive traffic jam of people on the trails. Right. But they're relatively easy to get. The thing I'd never done before was like state campgrounds in areas around big cities and big areas. 
man, it was impossible to find a place to stay. So what? Th- so the whole place is just teeming with campers. <clears throat> well, there's 50 campsites probably at the place, and yeah. they're they're depending on the site, some are closer to others than others. Cause some of them are set up obviously for like, if we all wanted to go camping together and each take our families, we'd each get one campsite and then we'd just get ones that are adjoining. And each when you other. say campsite, you're not talking about like actual, like hardcore, like Blair witch camping where you oh, just got a no. tent out in the woods. No, no, no. Like, this there's is a nice cleared space. You can probably drive right up to this, this is space. car camping. Yeah. This right. is, this is like you back your SUV up to the, to the camping place, unload your shit. There's a nice relatively flat area for your tent. There's a picnic table. There's a fire pit. Uh, there's water. This campground even had real bathrooms, like flushers. See, that, see, that to me is not re- unless you're really roughing it. How is that? I mean, again, you've got a kid, so you can't. Two years old, you don't have that luxury. Yeah. But when I think of camping, I'm thinking about like really out there, well, like in the in the boonies. You're still sleeping on the ground, though. Yeah, you're still and, sleeping on the ground, cooking over a fire. Yeah, yeah. So there's that. Yeah, but it's not. It's not like you feel. Cut off from civilization. No, no. Cell I mean, you're service. basically tailgating. No cell, <laughs> no cell service. So I didn't have email or text Ooh, or anything. How did you do like? Because we always fantasize about that. Like, Delightful. What, what you really you liked it? It's fucking great. Did I you have an, to get through a period of like cold turkey nope, first though? Nope, nope, nope. You just liked it. I just, I, I literally, I got there. I set up the tent. I was pouring sweat. I opened the cooler, popped out a beer, sat down on my lawn chair, and was like, "This is this. I could do this. This is okay." Two days in, I did walk around with the phone long enough on Sunday to find a place that I had like one bar of cell service so I could text my dad, happy Father's Day. Nice. Um, but that was pretty much it. So like, you could see other campers. Uh, yeah, so these this was closer than I like generally for car camping. Like we've been to places um, up in Sonoma County before yeah. like where you have basically like three or four campsites will share an outhouse, but the campsites you can't see from each other. Which is what I prefer. Um, what I really prefer is backpacking, but obviously with a two-year-old, we're not going to do any of that yet. I guess I just don't see the appeal. Like, let's go sleep on the floor. Like, it's it's there's a there's a lot to be said about being someplace where the mere act of living takes a lot more work than it normally does because because you kind of it, it's kind of zen. You know how like trying to empty your mind of extraneous thoughts is a good thing for you theoretically. <laughs> That's kind of what you get out of camping. I, I guess, but I mean, you know, like the whole arc of human civilization ever since, you know, like the Neanderthal age has basically been trying to get us away from living in caves and sleeping on the ground. It's not right? comfortable. There's that. Well, but you guys also have young children. When they get a little bit older and you're both city dwellers, you're going to find that you, you can't just let your kids run outside and go run around because they'll get hit by a car. Yeah. But if you go camping... You're in a safe spot. You can generally just say, "Go, run. Just don't go past you know that you know that cliff yonder. Don't go to the old house. Yeah, yeah. over there. And then no one ever comes. Don't back go from. in the gingerbread house. Yeah, they go and explore, and it's good for them to run around like that. Well, and that's the thing. Even with the two year old, we basically when we first got there, we put little pieces of tape at the places. Once she saw the tape, she knew she couldn't go further. Yeah, and basically, she was allowed to run around like a maniac inside a forty foot circle. And it was constantly entertaining. There were banana slugs all over the place. <laughs> There's birds and leaves and all sorts of cool shit. To leaves. Touch. Leaves are cool. <laughs> we have evergreens in the backyard. We don't have leaves. Right. Um, so it was basically like free babysitting. And Gina and I could just, you know, we'd go on walks and stuff. But most of the time it was just making food. It does make you appreciate your bed. It is. Well, air mattress, man. A, no. good, a nice air mattress. No replacement for a bed. It is not a replacement for a bed. It's pretty nice. So anyway. Oh god! Um, I slept on an air mattress once. It was the worst night of sleep I've ever had. Those are those are terrible. The secret of the air mattress: def- don't fill it up all the way. You want it to be a little. You want to sink in a little bit. Okay. Well, I don't know yeah. what the problem was. It was awful. I hated it. 
Never sleep on an Gary, air Gary, I don't think you should go camping. I'm not going to, I don't want to put I, this yeah, out there. Yeah, I mean, look, some people are cut out for it. I don't, I don't think I am. I don't care for it. I mean, if you want to go back to how we lived, I mean, why not just have, you know, gladiatorial combat when you get out there as well? I mean, that sounds pretty fun, actually. <laughs> you, you'd sign up for it then? <laughs> I'm so saying, if, if you want to buy into how we used to live before we developed civilization, then, you know, go all, just really lean into it. Embrace it. There's a lot to be said for appreciating, you know, the land of our forefathers and the way we used to be. Especially, I mean, I feel like having the kid know what it's like to be outside a little bit is probably not a bad but thing. But most of the... I I mean, society, the arc of, of progress basically goes forward, right? Like things like we're less messed up now than we were a thousand years ago when we nailed people to trees and things like that and, and had slaves and were basically constantly killing each other all the time over the, the, the most trivial things. Well, the first one is probably not true anymore, but the other true two still. No, we are still killing each other over trivial things. Yeah. But, you know, we learned how to shelter ourselves. We came up with power and communication and transit systems. And like, we basically made the world easier and better and more comfortable to live in. So basically what you're saying is that the epitome of human progress and evolution over the last 2000 years is Donald Trump. And you know, that, that we should just embrace that. I mean, that that is a tremendous leap of logic that I'm, I'm fascinated for you to take me through. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, if, if, if we don't want to go back, if you're saying we're better now than we were then, than, than any, in general, any yes, average are. representative of the species is better than we were then. No, that's so, not true. There, I'm sure there were cavemen who were much better than Hitler. Maybe. Okay. Like, you can take any one example. I'm sure there was a caveman back in the day who was just like an awesome guy. Like, you'd be thrilled to know him even today. <laughs> like, Ugg? Ugg, yeah. bro? You right. just fist bump him wherever you even, go? And then you know, fast forward like a million years or whatever, and then you have Hitler, uh-huh. who is obviously terrible. One of the worst people ever. So no, it's not to say that each generation doesn't have its good and bad examples, but in general, I would say that we're better as a people than we were when we were in caveman times. See, your caveman example is good because there's a fair amount of research that shows that the Neanderthals were actually, you know, hunted and, and genocided by early Homo sapiens. Like we are explicitly responsible for that that species no longer existing. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a good thing. I mean, you wouldn't want Neanderthals walking around today, would you? Well, I mean, how do you know? They might, you just said they might be nice people. Well, no, because they were, they were savages. So were we then. Did you know that everyone has Neanderthal DNA except for Africans? Yes. I didn't know that. I read that on my uh, 23andMe. I thought it was just Caucasians, right? Uh, no, no, no. Oh, uh, really? It says everyone in the world, according to 23andMe. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, should we talk about some tech news? Not a lot this week, so it shouldn't take long. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, and I mean, you basically spent the last week living, you know, away from all technology. So I don't even know what you're going to have to contribute. I got back. <laughs> I got back on Sunday or Monday and somebody said, I said, hey, I'm back. I was off the Internet for the weekend. What did I miss? And somebody was like, there was some shit with Taylor Swift and P. Diddy got arrested for do you have terrorist the, effects. Do you have do you have like a the hot tips on the latest, like banging rocks together to make a fire or like what's what's the cutting edge um, technology? Let's see, with you this I, week? I take a <laughs> my fire lighting technique is to take a stick shave edges of it and then put tindling uh, kindling underneath it and light the kindling on fire. I was a boy scout. Were you not a boy scout? No, I was were you, no, you were no, a boy way scout. too much time outside. I was a cub scout. We never got oh. to fire. Wow, they didn't let Cub Scouts do fire. Where <laughs> this podcast is already wow, like got way so many rails. great little gem one liners in it. Um, I, I would have figured as as part of the home of boy scouting, Gary, I would have thought that uh, Yeah, we invented it. Lord Baden yeah. Powell. Didn't uh-huh. know that. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's an English invention, like like most things. <laughs> Guess. 
Yes. Um, Amazon Echo is available to everybody. You can all buy it now. That was like a week after you received yours exclusively. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what happened was I saw it when it first came out. And as a Prime member, I guess we got selected for the early program. And I didn't jump on it. Uh, And then I jumped on it later. And it took me a while to get the invite back again because it was on a closed basis. And I finally got it. Um, and now, like two weeks later, I still got it at the super cheap price. I got it for ninety nine dollars. Oh, that's good. Instead oh, it, of the, it's not ninety nine. No, it's. Uh, I think it's it's double that now for it's regular. One eighty for everyone. No yeah. kidding. Yeah. yeah, and prime and uh, oh, wow. prime people don't get a discount anymore. I think wow, prime, no. I think prime people get a get a twenty twenty dollar discount. Like it's one. I saw it for one seventy nine. Oh, nope. score one seventy nine is the price. No, that was the that was why I wanted to jump on it. I said get it now. It's yeah. half price in the preview program. Nice. Um, and I got to say, even I like it so much that even if I paid full freight for it, I'd still be very satisfied. It's so if you don't have a Bluetooth speaker, it's a kind of okay Bluetooth speaker. I actually, well, I was going to say one of the things I like about it, I actually think the quality of the speaker just for playing music is actually pretty good. You guys are too hard on the speaker. It's not great, but it's fine. For 99 bucks, it's awesome. Yeah. For 180, you can it's get a lot It's not as good stuff. as you're going to get like yes. buying like a boom or like a good, like top, but for, yeah. given that that's the speaker that comes in with everything else that it does. It's really good. And I haven't even had it cranked up to high volume yet. That's kind of where I end up. Like, as long as you don't crank it up to high volume, you're fine. If you're right. just listening to reasonable well, it's level. Like if you've just got it in the kitchen like most people, you're yeah. not, you know, you don't want to bring the roof down. Well, and, th- and that's that's the place, like the kitchen, the living room, our house, it works out because they're kind of both close to each other and you can yeah. hear one from the other. It works really, really well. Um, and I've tested a ton of other, of other voice recognition stuff in the home. It, this is far and away the best always on thing it's way better yeah, than we love Xbox. it it's a, it's the favorite i mean leah and i both got apple watches and we like those a lot um but i said if, like i would say that of all the things and even in the last few years that we've like either bought for ourselves or for the house that's a tech product the echo is i think the most useful thing that we're that we're that we're glad to have around that like if you <clears> took it away i would instantly miss it so i'll tell you the two things that we use it for in our house because we don't have it's not integrated with smart things yet norm has his hooked up to his u bulbs so he can say to his what to his Philips hue bulbs. Oh, okay. So you can say Alexa, turn off the turn off the light in here, and it'll just turn off the lights. I thought you said he hooked up to his balls. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. Norm, Norm hooked it up to his <laughs> testicles. If if then then that. Yes. Yes. Um, but the uh, we use the shopping list for like oh that's my fa- stuff. that's my favorite feature by far. Well, it's become a thing that when I'm at the grocery store, I just always check that list, and it's hooked up to Evernote now. So, so the amazing thing is, I went I went on a shopping trip. Mm-hmm. And I was using the shopping list on the Amazon Echo uh, on the app as I was poking around the aisles looking for things. And Leah, who was at home, noticed that there was a couple of other things that we still needed. So she just said, Alexa, add grapes, whatever, to the shopping list. Wow, really? And it instantly, like, as I'm at the shops, it shows up on my list. Ooh, that's nice. Brilliant. Yeah. And then timers. Like, we use them timers for, are great. for laundry timers and food timers a lot. Have you ordered stuff? Actually, ordered stuff from Prime because you can. Do no, that I haven't too. bought anything with it yet. That's my wife does not embrace technology. She liked the iPhone, and since then, nothing has clicked with her until the Echo. Like really? Actually, what does she like about it? She orders stuff. Like that, oh, really? That's how she'll get like, new new cat litter, new cat food. Oh, so the re- oh. so the reorder feature, right? You yeah. can say uh, you can say Alexa reorder as long as you detergent as long will, as you've already ordered it. Yes, before. It has to know what it is that you want to get. Yeah, she and timers and uh, occasionally she will listen to NPR on it. Huh. 
Yeah, I, so I always in, forget it does radio. I'll, in the morning, I'll say, Alexa, what's the news? And it will give you the NPR news briefing. Uh, Leah uses it a lot for uh, the day's weather because when she's going to take our daughter out, she yeah. likes to you know, know you know, how to dress. Like, you can San cu- Francisco. Oh, go ahead, Jerry. You can customize the news. Have you played with that? No, I haven't. I mean, there's, there's clearly a lot of like deep yeah. customization you can do. I just added my own profile to it. Because what I did was, oh. so, so the music, let's talk about the music for them. The music is great. Well, I don't know how this works, but I suspect that Amazon's doing some, some stuff algorithmically here. When I say play some Prime music, because as Prime members, we get access to all that music. Mm-hmm. But, by the way, let me just say, again, I think Amazon Prime is overall like the best value these days. With well, all the video and the music and the shipping and everything, it's pretty amazing. It's a lot it's of stuff. Get. It's way more expensive than, say, Netflix, because Netflix is like $10 a month. But it's way like more that. stuff than Netflix. But you, Actually, it's cheaper than than Netflix. No, it's ten dollars a month. It's one hundred twenty bucks versus one hundred dollars. Yeah. Um, so Amazon, I don't think is as good a library as Netflix, but no. it's pretty good. Plus, you get the music. Plus, you get the shipping and a bunch of other stuff. I think their kid stuff is better than Netflix these days. Yeah, it may be. Well, it's it's interesting. Like the big war for video rights these days is all about kids stuff. Yeah. I would say more than fifty percent of our Netflix or Amazon uses programs that our daughter like, watches. Amazon has the um, all the all the like classic Mister Rogers stuff. Yeah, so you can go back and watch the crayons episode yeah. and the how orange Juice and it has Mickey episode. Mouse Clubhouse, which is our favorite. Yeah, we, the we stopped watching that. The new ones encouraging her to buy shit. <laughs> they yeah. might be giants to the theme song for that. Yeah, it's good. It's good really? theme song. Yeah, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, they do, um, they do the one. This the theme at the end as well. The hot dog dance, mm-hmm. which so, I've heard like a million times now. But so the echo is pretty good. I was gonna say the prime th- the prime music thing. My guess is because it's been really really. I don't know if it's just luck or whatever. But anytime I, I come in the morning, you know, into the kitchen, I'm like kind of half asleep and I'm making my coffee and I'll say Alexa, play some music. And it says, here's a playlist you might like. Yeah, I did that this and morning. And it's generally, I would say, like 80% been like, oh, this is something that either I like, I know I like, or I don't know what this is, but I quite like it. I find myself saying, Alexa, what song is this? A lot, because it might be something I want to get. And I wonder if it's how deep algorithmically it's going. Is it looking at my Amazon account and going, right, um, he buys a lot of stuff for kids. He buys nerdy mm-hmm. stuff, blah, blah, blah. We can surmise that this is this this is the profile of this user. And so we're, when we say this is music you might like, there's actually a lot of thought going into that. Did you, Here's my guess. Did you buy? At some, did you at some point buy CDs from Amazon? Was that the place you bought music? Yeah, or MP3s? I, well, but back back when CDs were how you bought music, I buy I buy them from Amazon. Yeah, so that's probably how they know because all and, that stuff is in your cloud library. Well, here, so here's the thing: I re, I did the thing. I paid twenty five bucks a year now to I uploaded all of mm-hmm. my music into the Amazon cloud because I have it in iTunes Match, but I hate iTunes Match. It never works. It's I think it's Apple's biggest failure. Don't That's, like iTunes Match at all. Okay. Um, Amazon Cloud works really well. And so now I've uploaded all my music into Amazon Cloud. So it can, it, I guess it can look at that and get a sense of what I like. Mm-hmm. Good luck trying to make any sense of it, but... That's my yeah, music. Gary likes stealing stuff from Napster in the early 2000s. But it also, but it also means that I can say to um, the Echo, play some of my music or play songs by the Beatles. I've got the entire Beatles library in mm-hmm. my thing. I say play music by the Beatles. And it will have it because it's not just pulling from Pandora yeah. or from Prime. It's got yeah. all of my music there as well. It's brilliant. I love it. It's, it's a neat thing. Um, I haven't heard from a single person. And it's, I guess in our group, it's not that surprising because we have lots of people that are into tech. But I made a Facebook post saying, oh, I really like the Amazon Echo. And like 20 of my friends all jumped in. Going, oh, yeah, we love ours as well. Like people really like it. It's, yeah. The the thing the places that it breaks down are if you go down the feature list. Like if you're if I was a reviewer for a site that just reviews stuff and like tries to bang out a review in two days, I would look at it and be like, okay, here's the list of features. I'm going to try out the features, and then you start asking it like, what's on, what's on TV right now? 
and it's going to mess that up, right? It's going to it's going to talk about or when the Warriors game was on last week, if you asked it, one of the examples in one of the reviews I read yesterday was what's the score in the game right now, which is something it's supposed to be able to answer knowing what it knows about what what sports you like and what games are on and all that. And then it, it spent 10 minutes listing the 25 definitions of the word score. Um, I will say so, that from my limited time with it yet, and I haven't, again, there, there's like all kinds of uh, user groups and places where people get really into the kind of the deep customization of it. And there's all kinds of things you can do to ask it complex stuff. We've just been using like the, like basically the functions that come on the little card mm-hmm. that comes with it. We've basically been doing those. And I would say the quality of the quality and the speed of the voice recognition and passing what it is that you're asking for it and figuring it, figuring it out is way better than Siri, way mm-hmm. better than Connect. I would say it's on a par with Google's voice stuff, which is the best I've that's, seen. That's my feeling as well. Yeah, but you can do it from anywhere in the room. Yes, so I mean, we've that's done different. it. Our you can do it kitchen, in different rooms. Our kitchen is is kind of adjacent to our living room as well. I can and it can be playing music out in the kitchen, and I'll just say Alexa, stop. I don't even have to raise my voice, and then I'll say Xbox, turn on to my Xbox, which is sitting right there and it won't do shit. Well, one of the things we've noticed with my daughter is she started repeating the things that we say to the different stuff in our house that makes it work. Oh yeah. Um, and we our ha- daughter can turn the Xbox on and off and now she started to ask Alexa stuff as well. So she, so ours can't do that, but whenever we say something to Alexa and she mimics it, she always just does it once. Whenever we say something to the Xbox or to Ivy, which is this voice activated alarm clock, that's terrible. It, she always says, hello, Ivy. Turn on entry bulb. Hello, Ivy. Turn on entry bulb. Hello, I- she does it three times because that's always takes three times. Yeah, right. Xbox always takes two times at yeah. least. So anyway, if you were a, if you were a par- if I had a parrot in my house <laughs> and it was copying the things that I would say, yeah, what you would basically hear it saying all the time is me repeating an Xbox command three times, each time a little bit louder than the last, and then saying fucking piece of shit under my breath <laughs> when it, so, it finally gets it right okay so the one thing i will say even though microsoft has seemingly completely disavowed the connect and it does oh, not they speak have they've completely backed away um, from it. somebody told me the last time we bitched about the xbox voice recognition stuff being bad that if you recalibrate it after like an update that happened sometime in the last year yeah it does a much better job i'm gonna I'm which gonna i to, did uh, i'm and gonna it does. recalibrate mine again yeah. you shouldn't have to do that but i'm going to i I mean, if you, you're supposed to recalibrate anytime you move it or move stuff in the room, so you know. it's funny the way that the entire Microsoft Xbox One strategy to date in its first year has basically been to kind of progressively just undo everything that they did at launch, unbundle oh. the Connect, get rid of all the DRM software yeah. sharing stuff, add backwards net, compatibility, add backwards compatibility yeah. um, completely ditch their content strategy. They said this is the box that's going to do everything. If you remember, their initial pitch was all about TV, and people complained, "Where's the games?" Now they have plenty of games, but their TV strategy, their content strategies, you know, the, well, um, the new CEO basically killed it completely. But the, the the irony of that, of course, is that the Xbox is now somehow the place that I go to watch TV. It's still like it's, my, my TiVo is still hooked up to it. It's, they have Netflix. They have Amazon. They have Hulu. They have um, HBO Go. All the stuff that I watch lives I hate, there. I hate to admit it, but it's still the box that I use the most. Again, like you said, the cables pass through it mm-hmm. and it mostly works pretty well. And the ability um, to say... Xbox pause incredibly useful when it works it's brilliant even if you have to say it three times it's easier than finding the remote sometimes that's the case does, does the Xbox I don't own an Xbox one does it make any sense for cable cutters do you need cable to take advantage of all this functionality or does it have built-in streaming services it has built-in oh, yeah, it has it has for everything except for maybe the H, except for the standalone HBO and Showtime I don't right now right there, if yeah. you were going to buy um, 
a if you were to be a cord cutter, I'd say get an Apple TV. Uh, no, absolutely not. Get a Roku. Roku does that is, have HBO now? That on has it? everything. Does it have, it HBO, have HBO now? now. Well, that's but that's the that's the big. I'm going to tell you a secret, Gary. Most people who are cord cutters are just mooching somebody else's HBO Go login. Okay. Well, I like to live my life inside the law. Okay. Right, Jeremy? Good for you. So you're a hero. It's quite to see you, a, a, a major tech I'm not, paragon, advocating I'm not saying that this theft is what I and do. piracy. My point is the Roku situation will be fixed in a month because the exclusivity. I don't have an month. extra HDMI port. I'm sticking with the Apple TV. The, yeah. the, the only reason I mentioned, I, I like Apple TV and I think it's going to get a big upgrade soon. But there are other, bo- I, I really, love, I love my Fire Stick. That's a fantastic yeah. box as well. Hmm. Um, terrific. I think that. And that, I does, think, and that does certain things that Apple TV doesn't do. It's annoying that there isn't one box that does every single thing. So yet, but Roku Apple TV is, comes the closest. Roku is closest to that because Apple doesn't have Amazon stuff. Apple TV doesn't have Amazon. That's stuff. true. It doesn't have Amazon, but right. in 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 the cord cutting conversation, the biggest roadblock has always been HBO, and HBO now is the thing that changed that. And Apple TV yeah. is the only box that has it currently. But it's limited. Like that ends in in eight, five days or something. It ends right. in June. And so when everyone else, that's why I said, if you ask yeah. me today, I would say get you know, if you care about HBO, that's going to have to be the way you go. Yeah. Anyway. Um, more stuff that's happening. Samsung got caught turning off Windows Update on a bunch of laptops. Oh, yeah, news. I heard about that. Um, so what the, the story, as I understand it, is that um, basically Samsung was tired of Microsoft overwriting their drivers with, third, with, with Microsoft-provided drivers that didn't provide the functionality that they needed for their, third, for their additions to the OS. So Samsung was customizing the software and the hardware so that things like their touchpad driver would, this is an example, I don't know if this is true, but so their touchpad driver would behave in a fairly non-standard way. Microsoft was replacing the Samsung-provided driver with the Microsoft-provided driver because it's newer. And so Samsung said, F this, we're just going to run a program that every time Windows starts, it says it turns off the automatically update Windows checkbox in but, Windows. You know, update. we've seen this. We've seen stories like this a million times before. You see it on PCs. You see it on Android phones with you know the 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 firmware that gets added on over it, and usually makes life more difficult. Yet another. Re- if you're going to have a PC, just do a clean install. Well, so this is, but on laptops you can't because if you if you want to have trackpad drivers that work with multi-touch and all that stuff, you have to have the the manufacturer provided tra- trackpad driver. If you want to have, if you want to take full advantage of your graphics card, like you have to install manufacturer-provided drivers. And a lot of times, the only way to get those to is to install their driver management program, which then will dump this crap on it. So you're saying that after a Windows update, Samsung laptops trackpads would fail? No, they wouldn't fail. It's just that the thing, like if they do multi-touch, like a Windows, like a Mac trackpad, that would stop working. That would stop working. Okay. So it's frustrating for the users. Doing it this way is not the right way. The right way is to update their drivers faster so that the newer drivers from Microsoft aren't the generic ones, yeah, but are theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, can't you get certified and like be be part of the Windows update they, process? They probably are. I mean, they should be. They're a huge laptop vendor, yeah. so. It's it's just this is somebody making a bad decision clearly because the problem with it is of course that when you turn off Windows updates you also lose all the security updates yeah bad so idea. you're open Ooh. to all sorts of vulnerabilities and stuff like that. Um, anyway. And the thing is, it's like on, especially on Windows, if Windows update is is switched off, you're gonna you're gonna know fairly quickly because. In, you know, I, I at this point I only use a Windows PC for games, mm-hmm. but every time I turn it on, there's an update. Well, and so if that suddenly stops, I'm like, wait, what's going on here? You're supposed to be updating something. You do every single time I turn you on. It's the se- the second Tuesday of every month. There's all that's when Windows Microsoft's updates come out. So you always get if you haven't turned on your computer more often than once a month, then you'll always have updates. Right. Basically. 
Um, I, I, the, the bigger issue I think was that Samsung didn't acknowledge that this was a mistake. They basically just said, look, we're working around a problem that Microsoft created and we're going to keep doing this. It's not, not good. That's wrong thinking. Um, the, uh, other thing on window on the windows front, well, there's a couple other things on the windows front. Microsoft, uh, the people in charge of HoloLens were on the giant bomb live show at E3, the nighttime show. Oh, okay. And they talked about FOV. Um, in terms of the FOV of the of the devices that they showed in January being big, you know the prototypes, the closer to shipping stuff that I saw and that Norm saw at E3 being smaller, going to be closer to smaller for the final the stuff that they're showing isn't final final yet. It may get a little bit bigger, but it's not going to be a full field field of view. Did they talk about the disparity between the way they shoot it with a live camera? They did not talk about that because that's a problem. I think that's that's the bigger issue. I think probably what they're going to say when you when they're confronted on that is that the field of view that they're showing on the camera is the field of view of the yeah, of the lens when put in front of your eye. But yeah, if you don't know, what we're talking about hollow lens. Basically, if you make a rectangle with your fingers and hold it about eight inches in front of your face, that's pretty much the field of view that you get the the projected images into. So you can't lines. have anything in your peripheral vision? You have to turn your head to see it. Huh. So when you turn your head, it pops well, yeah, up. As soon as you turn your head, it's no longer in your peripheral vision. That's my point. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's like it's a real fixed field of view. It's as if you had a screen that you looked through. It, it's kind of like the old Sony HMDs, the big ones. Um, when you look, except for you can see through, through to the world behind in that, in that there's a small screen. And when you look through that, you see the, you see the projected images. Um, it's still neat, but I think that's going to turn off a lot of people. Literally when they showed it to people at E3, it is the one piece of universal feedback that they got, which was, Hey, the FOV on this is kind of, kind of thin. Do they have a launch? Uh, window I, think, yet? I think they said during the windows 10 time frame, but this year, no. During the window, I think Windows oh, 10. Lifetime. I think that's like the launch. Yeah, since Windows 10 is now just Windows, right? That could be any time in the next, you know, ten years. Okay. But I think my my assumption is 2016. All right. Um, let's see. There was one other piece of Microsoft thing, and I can't find it on the list right now. But that's okay. Oh, uh, Windows 10 Insiders. They finally clarified what this how how the licensing works. If you have a Windows 7 or Windows 8 license, you can upgrade to Windows 10 for free. You have a genuine copy of Windows 10. It'll be good forever. Oh, really? I can do that? You can do that. Because I had a little thing that showed up in my taskbar the other day that said, get Windows 10. People are pretty upset about that because you can't get rid of that unless you click on it and say, yes, I want to do this. I didn't get that. Do you not have a legal copy of Windows 10? I do. I do. Check your Windows No, no, no. You mean 8? I have a Windows Yeah, I bought it. Check your check your windows up. Do you I want to upgrade to Windows 10 at this point? I do want to. Well, do, but do I? I kind of feel like no one should upgrade until give it two weeks and see if there's any big, big flaws. It's not out yet, right? It's the end of July, July 29th, okay. I think. Okay. Um, maybe 27th. I always get those mixed up. The, uh, the, the upshot on Windows 10 is with any OS... Give it a give it a little bit. You don't want to like b- upgrade your OS something that's really hard to roll back, yeah. and then find out that a piece of software that you need for work or that you use I mean, every day doesn't work anymore. I think you know not upgrading to Windows eight was probably one of the smartest decisions I ever made. Windows eight was bad. Windows eight point one is a, a dramatic improvement. It's still not great, but it's it's much better. Um, I think Windows ten from what I've seen of Windows ten, I've used it a little bit on both a desktop and a laptop now. It seems like it fixes. It's an even better step in the direction of you know, making the desktop the real home for the OS and then the Metro stuff is for people who have tablets basically, which which is as it should be. You know, the PC then with Windows 10, if you're on a desktop PC with a mouse and keyboard, you don't see the touch stuff. If you're on a touch device, you don't see the desktop. 
it kind of works the way you'd expect it to. Okay, good. Um, the 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 big thing about the, the nice thing about Windows 10 is that this Windows Insider program, which you can anybody who downloads Windows 10 to beta test now is a member of the Windows Insider program. Those people, as long as they stay in the Windows Insider program, can keep using Windows 10 for free. So what Insider means is it's basically like the the Xbox preview program. You get builds faster than than the general public. Yeah. Right. So they so basically it gives them a massive pool of oh, people good, who are using the OS. OS. So wait, but if they leave the Insider program, they have to pay up. They have to pay. They have to pay for a, a copy of the OS. If they if they don't have a le- legit copy of Windows eight or Windows seven. Yeah. Oh, okay. So if you're Windows if you're Windows eight Windows seven, you're good no matter what. Got it now. Okay. If you're if you're an Insider, you can keep using it for free indefinitely, but you have to stay in the Insider program. Got it. Um, and the upshot is I think that this will probably be a pretty smooth OS rollout. Like when you have as many people testing something as they have testing Windows 10 right now or as Apple will have testing uh, El Capitan later this year. Or the, the new iOS. Or the new iOS. They're Anything do, They're doing an open beta for that for the first yeah, time. Open betas are good for... For yeah, the larger sample you get, the better. Right? Yeah, the more the more likelihood they'll at least know about and have fixes for the the big problems you're likely to hit. And of course, the more the more default your set of uses is, the the more, less likely you are to have problems. So if you're using stuff like Adobe software and Microsoft Office and you know Chrome and Firefox and and you're probably better off than if you're using more esoteric software. Anyway. Um, the, the Qi, the Qi wireless charging standard has a new update that's going to give it 15 watt wireless charging. Um, so what that means is you'll get the 2.0 quick charge, which will let you charge your entire phone to 60% or 80% or something like that in like 20 minutes. It's amazing. Uh, over the wireless, uh, over the wireless, uh, contactless charger. This is a new open standard. It's a new, it's with Qi. I don't know if Qi's open, but it's, uh, the, you know, the QI. Oh, that's QI. Yeah. Um, and it's probably just for new devices going forward because I don't think that they'll be able to make it firmware updated. That's amazing. But yeah. That's like, a lot of power. It's a lot of power over what I assume is, I think those are inductive, right? It's like a sonic care. Sounds right. I mean, yeah. you know, like the um, iPad chargers, they're only two watts, I think. Yeah. The newer ones are 10, aren't they? Oh, you're right. You're right. They're 10. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, but yeah, so 15 watts, 15 watts should let you charge a laptop size battery pretty quickly if you want. Yeah. Um, the I, t- I alluded to this earlier. Did you guys see the Apple royalty thing about iTunes Music? <laughs> Who didn't? Well, I didn't. I was camping. Uh, that's right. You were, you were camping. Yeah. The final chapter in that just played out this morning. That's what right. What happened? Taylor Swift has now decided to put her albums on iTunes. Well, the, on uh, on Apple Music. All the old ones were always going to be on. There. Her new one, nineteen eighty nine. Nineteen eighty nine will be on there. Yeah. Oh, thank goodness. I already bought it. I'll yeah, I bought it as it's well. It's a great album. Yeah, it is Are a great album. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've never listened to Taylor Swift in my life. You're, it is, you're it missing is a out. Real good pop album. It's, Sean Vanneman t- turned me on to it. He was like, Taylor, you should listen to Taylor Swift really is legit good. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, I mean, basically all she's doing, if you like, like, holiday era Madonna, yeah. Yeah. you're going to like that's this. Where, that's Swift where you album. are. Wow. Yeah. She's, she's literally pulling it straight back from our childhood. I will listen to Taylor Swift. Yes. I highly encourage you. Well, now you can go listen to it on Apple Music. You, well, uh, yeah. next Tuesday I can. Yeah. Do you recommend I start with 1989? The other stuff is like pop country. So mm. if you don't like pop country, don't listen to the older 1989 stuff. 1989 has probably, of all our albums, probably has the, the, the highest number of like radio friendly, like hit songs on it. Yeah. Like Shake It Off being obviously the big mm. one. But, the, but there are others as well that are very good. It's a very listenable album. Why is it named that? Was, that her, was she born then? I assume so. No, I she's don't. not old enough to be born. She's 25. Is she? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that, that checks out. There you go. Yeah. 
Anyway, so, so t- what happened? What do, what do you think about this whole business okay. of Taylor Swift being anointed the most powerful woman woman in, in business? Well, so, so here's the here's the here's the way here's what happened as I understand it. Hit me. Apple said, "Hey, there's a three month free trial for Apple Music. Is it Apple Music or iTunes Music? It's Apple, Apple Music. Apple Music for for everyone who uses it. Um, you get three months free. We're not going to pay anybody shit for listens during that period. Nor are we going to charge. Nor are we going to charge. Yeah. So free free trial." But anything that people listen to, free of charge. The, the so, and all of the labels agreed to this. All the big labels, three months, the yeah. labels a, did three not. Three months okay. is quite a generous uh, trial period, isn't it? I think it's the same as Spotify. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Um, In exchange, they were going to pay more after the trial period. Yes, slightly more. Seventy-one percent, seventy-one point five percent instead of seventy percent to the to the labels. That seems like an insignificant amount, but. It, Across infinity forever, maybe it maybe it works. That's why they agreed. The indie labels didn't agree to that. They right. wouldn't sign up. So like Merlin and and uh, uh, there's basically two big conglomerates for indie labels that one has like twenty thousand indie labels or something like that represents twenty thousand artists. The other one is uh, 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 some of the larger indie labels. Yeah, they didn't agree, and Taylor Swift didn't agree. Mm-hmm. So Taylor Swift wrote a open letter, which is the most. Um, self-important kind of letter one can write, I think, <laughs> that basically said, look, this is bullshit. I'm here for the peeps, and I'm not putting my music on. I'm not going to let you use my music for this. Apple has been traditionally awesome, but they're not being awesome here. She was very she def- was, deferential. Yes. Yeah. No, it was, a, it was a good letter. Apple, It was a good letter. And Apple has been kind, like Apple has been good to her. She's made a lot of money for Apple. Apple has made a lot of money for her. She is in an unusual circumstance since she makes money on album sales. And make, mo- make no mistake, she is one of the biggest, most popular, most visible artists in music just, today. Yeah, just to be no clear, question. that 1989 album sold more copies in a week than any album had sold since like Mariah Carey. Yes. She's, one like of, she's one of those, you know how like for the longest time, People say like, okay, yeah, iTunes is great, but like they don't have the Beatles on it. I don't know Rolling Stones, whatever. And, and as they as they added each one, it was a big thing to get those names. Yeah. Taylor Swift is now one of those is is a big enough name that if her music's not on a service, that's a big deal. It was a big deal when it happened with Spotify. Yeah. yeah. So um, I don't know the timing on this because I was away, but I think that happened on Friday, right? Mm, yeah, it, it, this all happened very quickly. I and thought then, the letter was on the weekend. Maybe it was on Saturday. Yeah. Okay. So then, from from the letter to today, I think was less than a week. Yeah. So and then Eddie Q came and said, "Look, we're going to pay artists on Monday." I think first thing. Okay. Yeah. And uh, then this morning, Taylor Swift back on iTunes, Apple Music. So we've come I, full circle. I'm f- I feel fairly confident in saying that I think this is great, and I love Taylor Swift. I think I think she's great. I like her music. I like what she stands for. I think she says a lot of good stuff. Um, it's clear that I think she's more interested in helping you know other artists than she is herself. She has plenty already. Um, so I think this all came from a good place. But I think it's naive to imagine that this was just Taylor Swift writing a letter, Eddie Q reading it and saying, oh, okay. And then Taylor Swift saying, okay, you can have my music. I, I guarantee you there was a lot more depth to the sure. conversation there's, behind the scenes on this. Well, and there's a massive amount of market force behind Taylor Swift saying, hey, I'm not going to put my music on. I mean, it became a massive, massive story. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was also slow news. It only became a massive story after Apple conceded. Then it was like, oh my God, Taylor Swift says something and it just magically gets done. Yes. Which in the field of music is actually not. There's a lot of, lot of moving pieces. But it's ended up being a huge coup for Apple music in that they are now at even though she she taylor swift has said today it's not i didn't do this as an exclusive deal it is in fact the only streaming service that has her music on it 89 well and title what do you mean what title has her music because isn't she one of the signatories on title title 
title. You know, Jay Z's thing. Yeah, never heard of it. You're joking, right? Really? I'm not. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I, mean really I, I am joking. But what does it tell you that you that you didn't know if I was or not? Title is going down fast, man. You see, they yeah. lost another CEO. No. Yeah, I didn't put that on the list this I, week. I feel like reasons. I have a slightly different opinion on this whole uh, Taylor Swift thing, and it's un, it's unpopular. But I don't think Apple was absolutely clearly in the wrong here. They want to make money on Apple Music. I don't think that it's just a play to sell more hardware because they're going to launch on Android. They're going to launch on, on the computers. Well, th- but they're launching on Android because it was previously on Android, right? They don't, but they could take that off. Why I wouldn't they? I guess that's they? true. So uh, what I'm saying is it's not just a, you know, a platform that's going to sell their hardware. It, they want to make money on Apple Music. So if they want to make money on Apple Music, let's just trust them for a moment here. And just if they think that a three-month trial that's free and no one gets paid and then you get a little bit extra afterwards is the best way for Apple to make money, it's got to be the best way for the artists to make money. I don't know if I trust the benevolent hand of Apple. I disagree. I, and, and, you know, I, I generally tend to have a favorable view of Apple because I like their products and I think they ultimately are kind of like a more, a more uh, well, non, non-evil than yeah. evil company than, than yeah. many. But at the end of the day... If you've got the biggest company in the world that's sitting on however many countless billions of dollars in cash. Everybody says that. Everybody says, well, Apple's got enough money to pay them. Yeah, they, they do. They do. They're they more abs- than enough. They absolutely do, but I don't think it's necessary. People, th- people have pointed out that even with the royalties going to these artists now in the yeah. face of the, the Taylor Swift climb down, it's not actually not even that much money. Well, that's, that's the, the, the... Remember, the Taylor Swift Spotify thing happened because... Somebody looked at her plays on Spotify, and it was billions of plays, and looked at the amount of money she made, which was millions of dollars, orders of magnitude different, and we're like, wait, this is horseshit. Why are, why are they getting you know, billions and billions of plays of our album when we get a tenth of a cent per play? Yeah, I think the bigger issue here is how little artists do get from the streaming Th- services. That is yeah. absolutely a problem. I mean, I've spoken to artists who hate Spotify for this reason. Uh, and that that should be remedied. But I I still think I don't think that it would have been a horrible thing if the, every artist just got on board, partnered with Apple, said, "Okay, we know how to make music. You know how to make money, and let's get through this three month thing and see what happens." I think that's valid as well. But the but the but the the gist of the conversation in the in the in the public space was not on Apple's side, right? No. People people instantly sided with Taylor Swift. A because I think she did make a valid point, and B because people just like Taylor Swift and they want to be on her side. And the media narrative. Formed around her very very right. quickly. The narrative was artists aren't being paid, and so I think so. I think Eddie Q and Tim Cook and these guys sat in a room and said, "We can't win this in the public square. We're going to look like the bad guys. It's not a ton right. of money. We have one let's week. Just let's just let's just do this, yeah. and it will work out better for us. Totally yeah. the right decision. Yeah, given what happened. Yes, um, I, I think I think this is a, there's an there's a larger issue with Apple right now in the transition from world's biggest underdog to world's biggest company where sometimes they still act like they're the big, the underdog and that, that shit doesn't fly when you have $50 billion in the bank and you're, you know, you're bigger than oil companies. Yes. Um, the other thing that I think gets missed in all this is a lot of this music is going to be going out on their radio station. I thought, I thought this was kind of got overlooked. Is that Apple, Apple is now One is what it's called? Beats One. Beats One. Beats One. Apple is now for the first time ever, I believe I'm right in saying, I may be wrong, actually now in the content creation business. Right. This is the first time they've actually uh, like they've they've hired D 
DJs all around the world. Mm. They've rented. They've, they've got studio space. They've got. This is yeah. not. This is not just like streaming music like Spotify or iTunes Radio. These are DJs yeah. sitting in studios, interviewing guests, playing music. 20, I love this idea of like twenty four seven. Right, they've it's got basically a guy, like shoutcast. They've got a but, station in you know New York, one in LA, and one in London. So whatever, wherever you turn it on, anywhere in the world, twenty four seven, there's going to be like con, like right. real radio happening. Well, there was. So iTunes. I thought that was interesting. That they. That, that, I mean, that's like their biggest push into actually creating content that they've ever done. Clearly they're pushing Beats 1 because they have a huge Times Square uh, advertisement that went up today. But yeah. it, it's, or yesterday. But it's, um... And that's and that's free for three months as well. I think that's, that's free, free for everybody. Oh, that's, yeah. sorry, that's right. So that's free yeah. all the time. You don't even have great. to be a paid subscriber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's interesting. And that can't be, I mean, that's a whole media, like running a, a global 24-7 no, there's a whole music team. station. Yeah. That is not a cheap enterprise. That's not a podcast. Those guys no. are, like, this whole I mean, office well, of those and I reckon, I mean, I'm totally square and at least I, I even recognize the name of at least one of the DJs that they hired. Like really? these are actually well, they, like fairly well known names. BBC One guy, right? Zane Lowe guy, yeah. right? Yeah. So these, are, so these are legit names. Uh, they, they, they did have iTunes Radio already, so I don't know if that counts as content or not. No, no because that's, iTunes that's Radio like is just iTunes Radio just plays. There's no, there's no, there's no, there's no curation in terms of a DJ, a live DJ sitting at a desk and saying, "We're none of those with with DJs." No. Okay. So the thing that you said about it being expensive is true. However. We have two dozen radio stations in San Francisco right now that do 24-hour, around-the-clock music. So it's not, like, the reason it's expensive is because they hired the world's greatest DJs. Like, they made a Batman-style Superman super team, yeah. Justice League-style super team great of DJs. DJs. And, I, and I like the idea of, there being, uh, of it being a global thing, right? That what you're listening to is what everyone in so, the world yeah. is listening to. So there's, here's, like a, there's a cool, like, cool factor to that. See, that's the thing I don't like. Why? Because the thing that's made radio shitty is the homogenization of radio. Oh, well, and, and this is one station, regardless now, but, of where, and the, like, where they're playing it. But the, now we're talking about the ultimately the ultimate homogenized radio station. No, no, but you could go the other way. If they're playing for a global audience, don't you, think that, don't you think there's a larger, a larger chance that, that, that you'll hear music you like, wouldn't have heard I, otherwise? I would love it if I tune in at two o'clock in the morning Pacific time and I hear like J-pop and K-pop and it's just like weird shit that I would never be exposed to otherwise. That I, would be amazing. Yeah, I want to hear some Iranian hip hop. Yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah, Norwegian Norwegian death metal. It's got to be out there. Yeah, why not? And I think you will be here. I, I think for the most part, it's still going to be you know, aimed at, you know, a mass Coca-Cola type market. But I think also think there's a chance that you will hear stuff you wouldn't typically hear. I, I, I hope it goes the other way and that it's a bunch of really interesting niches broken down into like, you know, hour to hour chunks that cycle throughout the week. Is it going to be a marketing vehicle for Apple yes. products? Are they going to push new releases that are exclusive to iTunes? I you can't imagine. I'm sure I'm not. sure they will do that. Yes, yeah. of course. That's you, the whole point of having a global right. empire. One um, hand washes the other. Let's see. Google added El Capitan to Street View. What does that mean? So El Capitan is a 4,000-foot face in Yosemite National Park. Yeah, when you say El Capitan these days, I get confused. Yeah. Well, it's, th- th- this is the thing that the next version of the OS is named after, Gary. Yes, but That's when you say Google adds El Capitan, uh, for what you could be talking about the OS functionality. In so some I, don't I don't think know. that they're going to have a little Street View guy walking around the <laughs> desktop and the file system in your no, OS No, but it could have been a story about how Google Street View now is, has extra functionality in that version of the OS. It is a confusing sentence. That's true. It's like people actually... Don't put this on me. People, you fucked up I, I, Hey, I just read... I stole the headline from The Verge. People notice, uh, noted now, if you want to search for the Apple Swift programming language, mm-hmm. you have to add a minus Taylor to that query now. Oh right! There was a headline. There was a headline in on one of the news feeds the other day on Twitter. It said Lego drops Big Bang Theory Lego set, 
And I, my the way that I passed that was, oh, they've they have decided not to do that. They've right. dropped it. Oh, but no. they were trying to be cool and saying, oh, they've dropped it like they're dropping an album. Like, like it's a, out like now. Like a bomb. That's the way you announce it. It's a drop as a synonym for release yeah. and cancel. And I wrote to them because I had nothing better to do saying <laughs> this is a confusing headline. And they changed it. They had to figure, they were like, oh, shit, yeah. Who wrote the headline? I don't know. It was like it? Collider or one of these websites. Okay. <laughs> they're trying to sound cool. Hey, kids. Yeah. Well, this is the problem. Uh, my my to album cool. is dropping. <laughs> I got some hot beats, guys. Um, anyway. Now, if you want to go see what it's like to climb the face of El Capitan, yeah. oh. which is one of the most techni- one of the more technically challenging climbs in the United States, as I understand it, you can do the four thousand foot face in Street View. No, I thought you meant they walked past it and added it to Street View. No, you can when you click on the thing, it goes up, and you click, 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 so and all of a sudden poor, you're three thousand feet so off the ground. So did some poor bastard have to climb all the way up there with a Google camera on I, his head? I would assume that they either climbed or hoisted a Google camera. Like my guess is that they probably had a Google camera on a back, but I huh. bet that there's a Google video showing how they. Why, it, 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 does does this have any functionality, or is this just a gimmick? Um, I mean, they add a lot of stuff to Google Street View because a lot of people, it's a way to see the world if they maybe they can't see the That's world. Free. No, and it's fascinating. It's fun sometimes just to kind of play around with Google Street View. But like, yeah. if you were planning on climbing El Capitan, is this something that would be helpful <laughs> to no. you? No. Okay. Why not? I can't imagine you're going to have your, your Android phone on. It'll be like... Right hand up six inches, no, left no, no. seven. I'm grab. saying before you even load in, you, before you head out there, this might be something you. No way to get yeah, to the top yeah. of El Capitan. Do you have to physically climb it, or can you can you walk up there? It's a sheer rock face. You have to climb. It's, it's so high that you have to camp on tents that hang off the side of the cliff. If you don't like normal camping, you would not like this kind of camping either. No, I like this even even less. Yeah. Because literally, when you look at pictures of people who are climbing El Capitan, they... No, I've seen those tents. Yeah, they get like a thousand feet up, and then they set up camp for the night, and setting up camp means dangling a tent. That's what Kirk is climbing at the beginning of Star Trek V. It's either that or Half Dome. Dome. Yeah, but either way. Yeah, marshmallows. I mean, I would want those Spock rocket boots. If you had those, I would do it. Those don't exist. But they will in the future. I mean, maybe. Oh, what about that Lexus hoverboard? But that's on the list. That's going to turn out to be bullshit. I'm calling it I can go ahead and tell you right now, it's made for an ad. So it's yeah. a one use only. Of it's course, not real. Of course it's bullshit. They built it. Don't a, you think it was very telling that the second the guy stepped on it, they cut away? Because because it, it can't actually support it. Oh, no, no, it can't. It's maglev. So it works just like maglev trains do. Yeah. There have been other magden, uh, magnetic hoverboards yeah. before already. No, so but what you're saying is it works, but it's, it's not going to be a consumer product. It is not a consumer product. It's just for a commercial. But huh? until I see a guy standing on it, and it going along, sure I don't you, believe that I'm it I'm sure you will works. at the Super Bowl. Well, unless year. you have a metal surface to ride on. But no. who, who has that? It has to be a mag. It has, it's literally only rides across a rail of electromagnets that oh, fluctuate really? the way But the thing that I, but the, in the commercial, they showed it just sitting on like a concrete. Well, ground. it can sit still. Yeah. So? And then the train, the track energizes and it moves. What it track? Moves it. So underneath there's the There's a asphalt, track under there? There's a track under so there. So they would have to build all these special tracks. Right. So do you know how maglev trains work? I do know how maglev trains work. I'm just saying for this, for, for, for the hoverboard to work, mm-hmm. they would have to basically build a whole new transit system yes. under the concrete you, anywhere you, you want to go. Do you want a hoverboard? I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I, have you ridden a, an electric skateboard? No. All right. Well, you got to try that. I've that, never even ridden a Segway. Right. You should come down to Pacific. We'll do the Segway tour sometime. Yeah. Yeah. The... Um, so the maglev train works by fluctuating the ma- electromagnets, positive and negative, positive and negative, and it kind of makes an electromagnetic wave that the, that the magnets on the train float forward. So there's no power on the train to speak of. It's just riding. It's just these super cold magnets that are, yeah. that are riding along. This is literally the same thing, but in an hoverboard. All right. I would want the one that Biff has. 
the, the, the rocket the powered, powered one. You gotta, you gotta have a powered one to go yeah. over water. Yeah. Um, the thing, the thing I think about this is like, if you had these superconducting maglev tracks underneath the sidewalk and you had nitrogen cooled <laughs> magnets on your shoes, mm-hmm. you could conceivably just slot into the track and have it zip you along at 600 miles an hour. Yep. Seems like it might be a little unsafe. How does, I, um, how does braking work with maglev? The same, same way as acceleration. It's no just, kidding. It's just the opposite. The, the magnets they, are strong they, enough they, to they slow pulse. it down? Yeah, they pulse. Huh. They pulse. They change the frequency of the pulsing to pull, pull less and push more or something. But I wonder, can you stop as fast that way? As I'm sure you can accelerate exactly the same speed as you could. Like it's just acceleration. One is negative. One is positive. Mm. You got to hand yeah. it to Back to the Future too. For even though they basically got everything about the future wrong, it looked great at the time. And there's probably no no other movie or piece of popular culture like the real world has like in terms of like life imitating art. You know, we got to 2015 and everyone's been saying for years now, where's hoverboards? Where's power laces? Where's my self-drying jacket? Like all those stupid things that didn't come around because they're not actually things that we need or want. Yeah. We, but we've convinced ourselves into thinking that we do want those things. Yeah. Because Back to the Future made it seem so cool. They were still making Jaws sequels in the movie and you just saw Jaws, <coughs> the re-release. Yeah, I just saw the the, new, yeah. the, the original yeah. Jaws for so the 40th Jaws anniversary. 15. No. Right. So, you know, it's, it's interesting. They got a lot of stuff wrong. You know, by picking easy targets. Oh, well, they'll probably be flying cars. 2001. Maybe. Everything will be in 3D. What about 2001? I mean, that, that is true, but it's all shite. Yeah. What's that? 2001. We have video phones. You know, we don't have the space yeah. station. We but it's interesting, isn't it? The, 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 the big thing that really changed everything, which was like the, you know, the connected computer in your pocket that yeah. people now just walk around staring at. That was the biggest thing. And that's what, that's what they missed. No, everybody missed that. William Gibson yeah. missed that. Yeah. Right. Like, nobody you look at Neuromancer. Nobody has phones. They yeah. all use pay phones. <laughs> right it's interesting isn't it that do you think our ability to predict the future like say 50 years ahead is any better than like you always see these uh, these these articles from like nine like, there was a thing the other day from like the 1930s and like this is what people will be wearing in the year 2015 or 2030 and of course it was all like aluminum foil and just like a very kind of you know amateurish basic guess at what like future fashion might look like but even as we, like, as we try to imagine the future now like 50 years ahead do you think that 50 years from now we'll look back on the movies of today and go, oh my God, how could we have got it so wrong? I think or as we get more advanced, do we, does the margin of error predicting the future get narrower? Have you ever borrowed a book from thousands of miles away? Are you doing the AT&T thing? Yeah. Across the country. Without stopping for direction. This one actually wasn't far off. The, the they, AT&T ones, they actually got all of pretty them are good. Right. Yeah. Like, they're all true. Buy stadium tickets from an ATM. Uh, you know, all the stuff that they said is is 100. Tuck in your kid from across the country. All well, that, that robot arms thing was going a bit far, though. You could make the robot. We, we have seen the robot arms that are fully articulated. But that was the point. Now. People were like, that, that is actually creepy. Like, when in a movie air? version, that robot, those robot arms end up strangling your kid. 83? 93. So this was at the end of the Ma Bell era. This is like when they were getting set, broken up f- like for real for for all time. Um, these commercials ran and there were seven of them and almost everything that they predicted in those has 100% come true because it's all based on the idea that the semiconductor is going to unlock tons of potential. Yeah. To answer your question, Gary, yeah, I think that no, it's more difficult now than it ever has been before to predict what t- 10 years in the future is going to look like. Um, simply because not just is the technology getting more capable, but the pace at which the technology gets more capable is increasing. What's interesting as well, isn't it, is that when you see movies that are set in the future and someone's walking down a street, 
you, you like the future is very evident, right? Like the, the you've got these futuristic skyscrapers and flying cars and people wearing wacky fashions because they need to. You know, the film mm-hmm. needs to express to you visually the world has changed, it's moved on. But in reality, 2015 doesn't like if you're just walking down the street, it doesn't actually look that different than the 1980s. The buildings are basically the same. The cars are a bit more modern in their design. People are walking around staring at their phones, which again is the big is the big change. They're still wearing graphic t-shirts. Yeah. We're, yeah. still wearing, we're still wearing <laughs> shitty T-shirts. Right? The screen printing's better. Yeah. I don't like, know, the changes are more in the way that we live our lives and our habits and the things that we do than anything that's, like, manifest just from, like, looking down the street. Well, the change is that in 1985, in my house, we had two telephones and one television and a microwave. And that, thus, thus, and, a, and I don't think we had an NES then. We had a TN99-4A that got used maybe twice a month. And, and the the explosion of technology that is in, that we touch on a day-to-day basis is, that, is the big thing that's changed. It's well, I mean, back, back to the, you know, Robocop obviously has, has got some interesting ones as well. Artificial hearts. They were actually weren't far off other things that they, well, that, that had happened by the time Robocop come out, came out. The Jarvis art Jarvis one was a real thing in like the mid eighties and Robocop was what? 86 or 88. Well, yeah, but the idea of like just being able to like pick one off the shelf and get yourself a better heart, obviously right. and other things they didn't get right. But, but back to the future is just a, 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 such a fascinating case study. Cause I think it was like one of the biggest, it was such a central gimmick in the movie. It was like, here's all, here's all these cool things that you might have in the future. And maybe they're cool. Maybe they're actually kind of messed up. Um, but you know, Predicting millions of TV channels was correct in one sense, but the idea that you would just watch them all at once. Remember, it was they, insane. They yeah. were, and they still had faxes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> didn't have email great. or any of that stuff. Nope. Anyway. They had video chat. The, the rehydrating pizza? No, but I think you're right. It's like, it's, as we become more technologically advanced, you could argue that we get better at predicting what the future might be because we know we have a big, bigger base of knowledge. But also, as the technology continues to, you know, exponentially explode think about yeah. the adoption it becomes rate. harder to imagine but what I, the next big breakthrough will be. i don't think you have to look as far into the future as you used to in order to imagine big changes you know so like there's uh, some near future sci-fi books by daniel suarez that are pretty awesome where he talks about the where drones are going to be as they become more weaponized and autonomous mm-hmm. or you know the most recent book that he wrote talks about an underground society where that has developed a lot of advanced sciences and technology that the rest of the world just isn't ready for but they are like this, this this shadowy wing of the government. Well, I got to read that one. Yeah, it's very good. What's it called? Um, I always forget. Uh, it's uh, Daniel Suarez. Just yeah. look up his most recent book. Yeah. Um, did you guys hear about the uh, rogue pooper that that? Uh, yeah, the DNA test thing. Do you know? Do you know about rogue poopers? It's a thing. Uh, I don't know. Many companies have problems with people who like to poop in inappropriate places, whether that's all around a toilet stall or, in this case, in the middle of a warehouse. They would just find a piece of human feces. What? Yeah. So the company who owned the warehouse went on a hunt that ended up with DNA tests for two employees to see if the poop DNA and the human DNA matched. It ended up not matching, but the employees sued and ended up getting fined two point two million dollars. Yeah, constitutionally, that's not privacy. that's that's um, uh, unlawful it's search and seizure, rules, yeah. right? I, it's not about unlawful search and seizure; it's just a violation of privacy, and it's not something that you're allowed to do to your employees. But I think it's one of the first case studies about poop and about DNA test in the workplace, which is which is why it's interesting, right? Um, Rogue pooper. Did you see that the the uh, 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 Warner Brothers pulled Arkham Knight, the PC version of the new Batman game, yes. because I did. performance is so bad. That's the, I didn't download it because it was <clears throat> reportedly bad, and then I wanted to after they took it away. So it runs okay on my machine, but I have a pretty hefty 
uh, video card and PC. Um, I understand that the performance problems are really bad for a yeah. lot of people. And it's interesting because this happens a couple of weeks after Steam started doing refunds. This is, I think, what Steam refunds are for, right? You bought a game. It doesn't work right. You should be able to get your money back. That yeah. is totally fair. Sure. Yeah. Logan Decker, one of the former editors of PC mm-hmm. Gamer. Like you. Um, yes, much like myself. Um, has one of the great all-time pieces of wisdom. This should be just be chiseled in fucking granite. Mm-hmm. And it's just simple. Just don't just don't buy PC games at launch, ever. Don't just buy don't. any games at just launch. Just don't. I mean, it used to be don't buy PC games at launch, but now console it's more, games launch broken as shit, too. That's generally true. I think it's more true. I think, yes, I think you could condense it down. It's more true with PC. I mean, the, the if you look at Batman, yeah. the Xbox, the, all the console versions are stable. The PC version is, f- is a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Well, I mean, that comes down to consoles versus PCs in general. I mean, at least with consoles, they have one platform to develop for one yes they have one one, one standardized driver set of hardware. Set. Yeah. yeah right exactly yeah but now when i talk to people who get pre-release games like i know reviewing games on because it used to be that when you reviewed console games you reviewed the game on the disc right because mm-hmm. that's the game that people are going to play yeah now you can't even do that because there's always a day one patch. Day one is patch, that not yeah. the tr- not the case anymore always day one patches yeah there's okay. always day one patches. so that's permissible you're allowed to include day one patches in your review well no most people just either like, I don't know how they do it because presumably they don't have the day one patch when they're yeah. reviewing it ahead of time. Well, sometimes they do, but like Polygon is now changing their reviews if the if the launch goes badly. Like they're. I mean, I don't think there's anything reviews. wrong with the idea of a day one patch, right? I mean, no. If you, you've got to ship the game, there's a couple of things you just don't have time to do, but we will have them in time. It will be in, it will be ready by the time people have the game. That's fine. But when something like Batman PC ships in an utterly broken way in the yeah. middle in the middle of what has already been a very long ongoing conversation in video games about it is unacceptable to ship AAA or any games but especially these big expensive AAA hyped games in a fundamentally broken way and it's usually the big AAA the the people who make small games generally make sure that is fixed utterly unacceptable and what, what's unacceptable is what's really is is looking <laughs> at. Like when Warner Brothers issued their thing and said, "Oh, we're terribly sorry. We're gonna we're gonna uh, uh, withdraw this and give you refunds." It's not like don't don't be fooled. There's no way that Warner Brothers was surprised by this. They knew absolutely knew right. they were shipping a broken product, and they were clearly just hoping that it wouldn't be that bad. So, oh no, you'll be all right. Don't worry. And we know it's broken, but we have to ship it. We can't miss yeah. our date. It, it'll be fine. Don't worry. We've got a plan in place. But they knew that they were shipping a busted game. Well, I mean, and that is fucked. UB knew that when they shipped Assassin's Creed yeah. last year. You know, it's it's nobody's surprised. Je- Jeff, Jeff Gersman had a great comment, uh, I think, yesterday when he said somewhere in the in the in the Warner Brothers Rocksteady, whatever it is, you know, in that in that whole development uh, publishing apparatus there's someone sitting there with a very smug look in their face with their arms folded saying i fucking told you oh yeah, yeah. right because you get those people were saying that and being ignored and that's the problem i mean i would hate to be those guys not only do, do they get the, like the the brunt end of all of the ridicule here from for releasing a bum game but i wouldn't want to be them having to fix these bugs i mean th- that is Computer game development is a house of cards, and when you're talking about the PC, it's exponentially more it's, complicated. It's disrespectful yeah. to the to the customer. You're basically being played for a chump. You're being asked in good faith to spend fifty, sixty bucks on something that the that the, that the seller knows, or way is, more if you broken. buy the limited edition. And it's disrespectful for the, for the developers as well. Like these guys, right? They put their heart and soul into making something for years, and they and they, by all accounts make a great game. Like you look at the console reviews; it's a great it's game. A, from what I played so far, it is amazing. But this is but now this really? is really this good. is now the story that's taken over. This is all they're seeing. So it complete like the, the whatever euphoria or relief 
or or triumph they should be experiencing as the culmination of all their labors that they've made this great thing what they get instead is all this bullshit because right. the, because the company is too greedy or, or, too, or too disrespectful yeah. of its customers to say you know what you're right let's hold it for two more weeks and we'll ship the right version of the game yeah it's unacceptable too short-sighted um it's uh, influx is the name of the book by daniel suarez did they say when did they say when they're going to re-release no, they no. said they just said they're working. They're on working it. on it, so there'll be a patch presumably in coming weeks, and then. I mean, the you know, the game. only credit you can give them is that they did completely fall on their sword. But I'm telling you, this is the same discussion that happened to Apple. They sat around a room and said, "What can we like?" Uh, oh, we realized there wasn't like some act of contrition that happened in their boardroom where they went, "Oh my god, this is terrible. We've disrespected our customers. We have to make this right." They're sitting there with their PR and marketing people saying, "This mm-hmm. is terrible. This is hurting us. We have to fix this, otherwise we're going to be well, in a lot of shit." And so that is why they've fallen on the sword the way that they have, because the narrative against them was overwhelmingly bad. As with many people... This is damage control. As with many things, Chuck Palahniuk nailed this in Fight Club 15 years ago, right? 20 years ago. When when he, when he Tyler Durden explains to... Uh, what's his name? Um... Edward Norton. Yeah, Edward Norton. You don't know his, you don't, <laughs> don't you don't know his name. name. Yeah, I was like, wait, he doesn't have a name, does he? Um, he explains to him how car recalls work. Right. Right. It's like, look, if the amount of money that we're going to lose by getting sued because we killed people is less than the amount of money the recall will cost. They don't do the recall. Then we'll just not do the recall. Yeah. And that's this is the exact same thing. Yeah. And, and in fact, we in, in fact saw that exactly that with GM. Yeah. Several years later. That yeah. really happened. It, it happens. It, that, that is a true thing. That is not. How do these yeah. people sleep at night? I assume on a pet bed full of money. Pillows full of cash. Disgraceful. Yeah. It's just metrics to them. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh, the, did you hear about the Uber pro- protest in Paris? Yeah, burning tires. Yeah, so what a mess. The cab drivers apparently getting a cab. First, we should start with this. Now talk about a company with an image problem. Yeah, well, getting a cab license. I, I don't in think it's that pervasive. Paris is hard, right? It costs a lot of money. Can cost I, I wouldn't know. Up is to it? a quarter of a million euros or francs or something like that. It's insanely a quarter expensive of a million euros to get a cab to get a cab license. Oh, to get a license. To get a I license. Just to get a cab. No, no, I'm no, like, no. my God, that's expensive. So it's, it's a one-time charge, and I think the goal is to make it <laughs> so that you don't just start being a cab driver for three months and then like treat that as right, a summer job or right. something. Like, being a cab driver is a way of life in, in France. Yeah, and it's the same in London. My dad was a, a, a London cab driver. And you, not only is it it's not that the license is expensive, but you have to go through a very, very rigorous and highly regulated training process yeah. you have to basically learn every route in london they call it the knowledge and it takes years to do yeah I and they rigorously rigorously test you if you go to london you'll sometimes see um people driving around on little mopeds mm-hmm. or little bikes with um a clipboard on the front those are trainee cab drivers doing what they call the knowledge which is learning by basically building a gps inside your brain wow. where i used to do that my dad used to do it. He used to bring home the, the routes and you, you would say okay um take me and you'll go and see the instructor and you'll say, okay, take me from Manor House to Euston Square Station, which is a route that involves, you know, very many, many uh, lefts and rights and roundabouts and things like that. And you have to recount that like a human GPS and know exactly, just recall exactly the like route in your head. streets or yes. like take the Left third right? Left here, right here. You have, to wow. do all, you have to do it all from memory. I wonder and if that's, that's still the case. Yes. It is still the case. Even though GPS, GPS, is GPS has made it easier, but you still have to do the knowledge. Hmm. And the whole point is that as a branding exercise, you have the, you have the assurance of knowing that <coughs> if you get into a black cab in London, a properly licensed one by the carriage office, 
that tax that taxi driver knows what he's doing, knows where he's going, knows the city like the back of his hand. He's not going to get lost. He's, he's an a, expert. Yes, he's an expert. He's an driver. expert driver. He's not a guy that's going to have to rely on a GPS or ask you directions or get it wrong or get lost. That's part of the the deal. That's part of their branding. Is that when you get in a black cab, the driver knows what he's doing because he wouldn't have that badge, that license, if he hadn't passed it a very thorough test. So the the cab drivers in in Paris and France have blockaded the road to the airports and the train station. They are posing as Uber passengers and then taking the drivers to, to off the beaten path areas, taking them out and beating them. What? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Don't mess about with the French. You don't mess around with French cab drivers. That's the takeaway here. Um, so so they, they don't like the Ubers coming in unregulated, unlicensed, unlicensed and, and yeah. stealing their business. It's specifically unlicensed because if you, I mean, if you invest, a, a, I mean, presumably you borrow a lot of money if you want to be a cab driver and then pay that off over a long period of time because I right. don't know who's going to have a quarter of a million bucks to, 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 to get a cab license otherwise. Right. Um, and you know this could really this is but we're seeing this all over the world, right? We see it in London, we see it in New York, anywhere where there's a big taxi cab market, anywhere Uber comes in, the taxi drivers don't like it. We've seen yeah. it in San Francisco. Well, Uber worked in San Francisco because the taxi market is terrible here. It is. Like, terrible. We never have enough cabs. No, and they to, to and they usually demand. don't know where they're going. It's it is it is one of the worst cab cities I've ever been in. Yeah, like you can't get cabs when you need them. You call them and they don't come, or they pick up somebody else, or they're just shitty in general. Is there Uber in London? I don't think there's Uber in London. The worst cab city in America is, of course, Los Angeles. And Uber does very, very well that, right. for that reason. Yeah. You know, like San Francisco, anywhere between, like, if I walked out on the street here now, and we're obviously in a fairly, you know, kind of downtown y mm-hmm. type area, I'd be waiting anywhere between zero and 10 minutes for a cab, is my guess. Uh, I could no, get, I could get it's one immediately. Here is my okay. experience. In New York City and in London, it's, it's always zero. Yeah. There's all, literally, it's like, it's actually amazing. I was Ooh. back in London recently. It's like, there's literally, always, always a cab yeah. instantly there. They are just everywhere. And it's true of New York as well. And obviously they stand out because they're either you know, big black yeah. special design vehicles or they're yellow cabs. Um, LA is a, a nightmare. I mean, you can literally stand around well, you all have to day. Call. You have to call. Yeah. And then there's no even guarantee it will show up. Yes. So Uber in LA is, is, is brilliant. Um, in cities where there is a bird... I actually don't even know how Uber functions in New York City because the, 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 it's, it's, the cab market is so saturated. It's like, why do you even need an Uber? So you, when, when we've gone to New York, usually we use cabs. We use Uber to go from the airport to the airport when we have to make sure we get a big car to carry a bunch of luggage and stuff like that. Okay. Um, but usually when I'm in New York, I don't even take cabs. I just take the subway because it's easy. What is the solution to the Uber taxi cab wars? Well, I mean, the other thing about Uber that happened recently is that California Board of Labor said that they ha- that Uber drivers are employees. Right. And that changes the entire economic underpinnings of Uber. That's bad for Uber. Uber didn't want that decision. It's not just bad for Uber. It's bad for all of the stuff, all of the, all of the like new economy kind of timesharing stuff like, um, like uh, Postmates. Uh, what's the what's oh, right. the, where what's you can the just deliver, like, what's the handyman thing the one where you just call somebody and they'll do something for well, you task grab it we use Instacart a lot which is where people do your grocery shopping for you and bring you your groceries right. all of that stuff that like that potentially jeopardizes all of those businesses right um, and I think that there will have to be a happy medium that's going to have to get it. sorted out right because there's a lot of employment mm. that is coming through those kind avenues of I mean a lot of it skirts the normal stuff so like those like what that means is that the those those companies don't pay for social security and yeah. unemployment and all that kind of stuff that like my company pays for me um, and and it, it changes the structure for the, all those businesses. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, so. it's it actually was a big um, issue in the uh, UK elections. They, what they, I, they think they call it something else here, but in the UK they're called zero-hours contracts, where you essentially, you, you technically have a job, 
but there's no there's no guarantee of you being given any work, and you only get paid when you do the work. Well, so yes, we don't have that. We don't have that here. We have we have. Um uh, basically in California, especially if you want to hire somebody part-time, like there's all sorts of re- rules and regulations. For example, you can't hire somebody part-time to do something that a full-time person would do. So if you need like a person and a half, you either have to hire two people or two. But company, th- and companies will always find a way to skirt around this. Like look what happened with Ob- Obamacare, right? Where suddenly everyone's on a 39-hour-a-week contract because right. the extra hour would get them the health care the company doesn't want to pay well, but for. That's already ha- that already happened in California because 39 hours is the cu- or 29 hours was the cutoff for part-time versus before you have to start paying benefits. Right. So anyway, um, Hulu Plus uh, users are going to get Showtime, the standalone cable cutter Showtime at a discount. Mm. So it's eight, uh, $9 instead of 11 It's not much of a discount, but that's nice. Uh, and then the Showtime stuff will come through Hulu. You don't have to have a separate app, which is nice. Oh, I see. I don't like Hulu. Um, I'll be interested to see if the Showtime stuff has ads on it when you play it through Hulu. Well, that's my biggest problem with Hulu. It's the only um, streaming video service. Amazon doesn't do this. Netflix doesn't do this. HBO doesn't do this. <coughs> you pay a premium. Yep. You pay the same. Basically, you pay for Amazon or Netflix or HBO, but you still have to watch ads. Not and not, and yeah. not just ads like when you... So on HBO Go... Which is what I get. They, HBO Go and Netflix both have ads too, but they're <laughs> ads for HBO and Netflix content. <coughs> I haven't seen any Netflix ads. When you like, last night, I watched Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, which I had never seen. The, it was on the HBO. New one? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was on HBO. And before the movie started, I had to watch a thirty-second preview for True Detective. Yes, which is fine. That's what you do if you just watch HBO anyway. They always have little previews. Um, Hulu though is like paying to watch commercial network television. They will actually cut into the shows, commercial breaks in the middle of the shows. And I'm not paying for that. Hmm. I, pa- I pay to not have to put up with that. Are, so, they, are they placed at commercial break? Yes. Point? Yes. Hmm. Yeah, so they and, pl- and it's even more annoying because it's always the same fucking ad. That's the problem. You end up watching the same ad five times during the course of a show. And you get, actually, I'd love to see some research on this, but like, I end up hating that product. I'm less likely to buy it. That is, that is my... So my experience, in the old days with Hulu, they used to do a thing where you could just watch one 90-second ad at the beginning. Right. And that was all you'd see for the, for the I length I wish of they show. would bring that back. That was great. Now you see three 30-second ads that are usually the same. But, it, like, if you don't want to pay for cable, for cable, 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 only options if to I was, if I, If I cutting the cord, I would add Hulu yes. in. Because because there is stuff there that you're not going to get any other way. But as it is, I would rather just, you know, I can just get it basically on-demand television or whatever if I'm paying for my Comcast TV package. Hulu's not adding anything for me. Oh, except all the Seinfeld episodes in the wrong aspect ratio, apparently. Wait, what? They so, you know, there was, a, there was a big deal where they yeah. added Seinfeld and paid a lot of money. Because really, where can you watch Seinfeld if not Hulu? Well, it's not like it's on every I mean, fucking night. We don't all night. have TBS. Yes, you anyway. do. Okay. Anyway. You do everyone. That's why Conan did his deal with TBS is because every, every single know, basic I, I cable know, package know, comes know, with I TBS. <laughs> I was it was I was a joke. <laughs> everyone has it. So what they crop the top and, and it's on and it's on syndicated network television every single night. So do Seinfeld. they do they crop? Apparently, I don't know exactly the details, but it's a similar Perfect. problem to they had with the Simpsons on uh, FX, FXX, oh, where the where the aspect they, they've either stretched. I think they've either taken it and stretched it. Which some, which TBS HD already does. They take it and they stretch it out. No, yeah, to fill the fill the gap. That's horrible. I have my my DVD set, and you just watch them the right way. But yeah, wrong aspect ratio. Apparently, how do companies still keep getting this wrong? It's it's, it's a, the lowest common denominator. People complain if it's not. They don't like up their, their black, TV. They don't like their black bars. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And they say something's wrong. And they really don't like the black vertical bars. Like they've gotten used to the black horizontal bars. Right. But the black vertical bars freak everybody yeah, out. Yeah, they freak yeah. them out. 
Yeah, so... Yeah. Um, but, it's an easy thing to point out. This used to be the shape of your television. I know, but people are idiots. Oh, there should be a PSA before everyone. <laughs> so it explains that to them. Well, you remember when they started doing widescreen VHS tapes? They used to have that. Like, my, my VHS of Independence Day yeah. had a... Oh, yeah. It says, you're, you're going to see black bars. Look, you're going to get <laughs> to preserve, more yeah. picture, right? Yeah. even though it feels less screen. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, we watched uh, Bears... Uh, no, Brother Bear the other day, which is a 2003 oh, yeah. Disney film. The last of the traditional animated Disney films. It was, yeah. And it, the whole, like, first half hour is a different aspect ratio. You know, it's actually... It's actually is smaller than the width and the height of your screen. Really? And I thought, well, God, someone at Netflix really screwed this one up. Oh, it's on Netflix? Uh, yeah. Never seen it's, it. It's a, it's a fascinating period in history. To, I mean, I'm not done with my story. Oh, I'm sorry, Jeremy. <laughs> a half hour into the movie, it transitions to widescreen. So it's like the Wizard of Why Oz, black and white to color. It's because it's the same reason, yeah. I don't want to ruin the story, but something changes. And, oh. and you get a whole new perspective on the movie. It's interesting. It's gone away now because of, uh, you know, we have the right shape TVs. You know, you can show well, a close. whole... Well, closer. Yeah. You can basically see a whole movie, you know, without having to pan and scan. But remember back in the days when we had square four by three TVs and you would either get the letterboxed version. You remember there used to be two versions, That's right? right. That's the right. DVD, there'd be a letterbox yeah. and what they called full screen or whatever. But full screen was, of course, you were seeing less of the picture. And I always thought it must have been really interesting to do that job where you're not the director of the film, but you're sitting there. Okay, well, this character's speaking on the left and now this character's over here. And they would usually all be in one screen, but they basically have to add yeah. fake camera moves to yeah. accommodate pan the and fact scan. that, yeah, pan and, called it pan and scan. And that, like I said, that's, that's gone away now. But I always used to be, um, always found it annoying when people would buy like the full screen version oh. of the I used, would, I used to get righteously indignant about that because you can understand how people would be fooled by it thinking that well, they want, were getting more picture but they were actually were getting less yeah. yeah well they were getting more picture but they were getting less movie and of course you would see it talk about aspect ratio changing through the movie you would see it in a, in, in, in a lot of pan scan movies that were just on TV you would notice the opening titles would often be letterbox because there was no way yeah. around it that's yeah. right and then, like, for example, if you ever watch uh, the opening of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, even, on, even in a pan and scan, that opening, because the titles go way across the screen, they can't do that. Well, in the old and days... And so they have to letterbox it. And then there's this weird thing that happens when it goes into full frame. Once they can fill the whole frame, they'll, they'll cut away from the letterbox. Yeah. Or they'll just squish it. Like, I remember at yeah. the end of Romancing the Stone, <laughs> for whatever reason, that was one of my favorite movies as a kid. At the end, when they're driving down the road in the boat, it's, like, super skinny because they had to squish the whole thing in. Yeah. Did you guys see that Spider-Man, they're rebooting Spider-Man again. He's joining the Marvel Cinematic Universe in yeah. Civil War and could, getting his own movie. Yeah. Could not be less interested. They're getting the kid from Billy Elliot. I liked... Uh, what? Yeah, he's Spider-Man. Huh. I like Marvel and I like what they're doing. I just never really cared for Spider-Man. And I think it's, it's a character that's been massively... How many movies have they had in the last 10 years? Like five. Six? Five or six? Five. Five. I, I look forward to seeing how they explain his absence in the previous films. I... Well, I mean, I'm sure he'll just be bitten by a radioactive spider between Avengers 2 and the yeah. events of they're Civil not, War. I'm pretty sure they're not doing the origin again, because we all know it. God, I hope not. He's bitten by a radioactive Spider-Man, if everybody in the fucking planet knows <laughs> we that. We all know. Right? We all know. Like, it's... it's Oh, we are, sweet, well, the, merciful Jesus. It's actually one of those things I'm fairly grateful for, is that if you look at the way that they're dealing with... Um, well-known superheroes now. Yeah. They don't do the origin anymore. That Man of Steel, I think, was the last one. Uh, because if you look now at well, we like s- Batman versus Superman's not going to do the origin. Like you just assume, okay, we know these characters. Like they're not. Wait, how did Batman get his powers? Well, so he, like, okay, so <laughs> the Batman in Batman Superman, they're not doing the. Actually, I don't know if they're going to do it as a flashback or whatever. But I mean, what is the point? We all know it's old. Batman, that he got though, bitten by it? a radioactive bat. Yeah, like it's everyone knows it that. <laughs> it's science. Everybody knows science fact. <laughs> 
I thought his superpower was he was really rich. Um, I like the way they handled it for the new characters in Avengers. They gave you like tiny little flashbacks. So you kind of know, oh, right. Quicksilver, Scarlet Witch experimented on by somebody. Yeah. Boom. We're out. Well, aren't they setting those up for their own movies? Presumably, well, Scarlet Witch, no, because she's female. I mean, still, you're still going to see a lot of well, origin spoilers. stories. Anytime it's like a less than well-known character, like, you know, Marvel's got, you know, Black Panther and Captain Marvel and Ant-Man coming up. Like, all those movies are going to be yeah. origin stories because most people don't know who a those characters are. A good origin story is okay, though. Guardians of the Galaxy was kind of an origin story, too. Yes, it was. It was like how the team came together. Yeah. But no, I, I think if it's if it's the top, this maybe, maybe only applies to the top characters, Batman, Superman, Spider-Man. At this point, nobody needs to see the origin story again. We, we've seen it so many times. I don't know how many more times I can see Bruce Wayne, young kitty Bruce Wayne, you know, sitting over his dead parents in an alleyway. I get it. Right. He's sad. It fucks him up for life. Yeah. He's going to want to punch people in the face. Yeah. We, totally good. Um, I'm excited about Spidey being in Civil War. I think that'll be good. I think yeah. Spidey is an important part of Civil War. Um, Hawaii raised the smoking age to 21. And I read, by the way, I read Civil War recently. Yeah. I hadn't read it. It's good. Uh, Did you not like it? No, I liked it. It's just, you, it's one of those ones where, because I read Winter Soldier recently as well, just because I like the movie a lot. I'm curious to see. Is it a graphic novel? Winter, no, it's like a, you got to buy a run. They were originally, they were like five or six issue runs that then got turned into got a well, graphic novel. Also Civil War tied into everything. So it's like there's, there was a lot of spin-offs from Civil versions, War. Uh, issues that tie into Civil War. There's Spider-Man issues that tie into Civil War. There's Fantastic Four issues that tie into Civil War. All of that stuff you have to, like if you want to get the whole picture, you got to read it. It's hard to even figure out what the fucking But it's is. interesting how much, you know, like for example, Winter Soldier is, the movie is vastly, vastly different than from the comic. Oh yeah. Like, apart from the Winter Soldier character, there's almost, like, the, none of that Hydra stuff is in the, it's all completely different. The Nick Fury, like, all of that's not in yeah, Winter they Soldier. Took that, yeah, all that's different. Um, and Civil War, I'm looking at that, and again, just because of what we know about how the way licensing, but like, Civil War basically has the entire Marvel universe shows up at some point or another. Marvel don't have that luxury. Like, the, the X-Men are, 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 in, well, the, uh, Civil, are in Civil War. The they X-Men don't in the exist in MCU. So right. you, you know how MCU works, right? I just found this out a few weeks ago. Yes, the if, Marvel it's a, Cinematic if it's Universe, a mutant, it's not in the MCU. Right, but the MCU, in terms of canon, is just another one of the spin-off universes, like the Ultimates universe and like the like the Zombies universe and all the spin-off universes. Yes, in and the of MCU. course that's something they very cleverly came up with to the fact that they yes. can't reconcile all their contracts. Yeah, and that as long as Fox continues to make Fantastic Four and X Men movies, yes. Marvel can't get them back. Right, and Marvel yeah. does not like that. I think they're not. probably unhappy about that. Because X Men, I mean Wolverine. Think of how awesome it'd be to have Wolverine in Adventures movies. It would be wonderful. I mean, just the Spider Man breakthrough with Sony. I mean, that I think came out of desperation. Thanks, Sony North were like, Korea. Sony had this what was supposed to be their crown jewel, Spider Man, and they couldn't figure out how to make money on it. Yeah. So they were like, oh, we should probably let Marvel help us out. Well, but you look at the money that that Fox makes off of Marvel, off of X Men versus Avengers, and like f- by that standard, Fox isn't making money off of X Men either. No, Fox is doing much better with X-Men than it is than Sony ever did with Spider-Man. That's true. Um, okay. Uh, we got a couple of things. We're almost out of time. Hawaii raises the smoking age to 21, and they're blaming vaping for that. I thought that was interesting. Does anyone vape tobacco? Yeah, they all vape tobacco. I didn't know that. That's when you see people out in the street vaping, they're not, they're not, it's not like they have some designer fancy drug. It's mostly like nicotine in. Yeah, it's in, just in a different form. I didn't think it was a designer drug. Forms. I thought it was marijuana. Well, here, maybe. No. Oh, okay. Can you, vape, like mar- can you vape marijuana? Oh, yeah, you've been people vaping marijuana for years. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. I don't know anything about it. 
Well, you know, my, my clean living lifestyle. I mean, this is also, it's true. This is also stuff, all just stuff that happens in movies. No piracy, no drugs. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you see? Will, Will over there hitting the bong and stealing his neighbor's <laughs> HBO. That's what I do. It's only a matter of time before the FBI no, come no. in one of those battering rams, take so, the door down. So the thing about the, the HBO <laughs> Go thing is that people... Sitting there like Brad Pitt in True Romance. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I'm just Floyd. What? Um, God, if I look like Brad Pitt in True Romance, you think I'd be sitting here? Um, the thing about HBO Go is that there was a survey that said kids were going to college and using their parents' HBO Go sign-in still. And I mean, that's HBO a common practice, a isn't shit. it? And people, right. yeah, and they, they basically acknowledged it and said, yeah, fine. It's fine, whatever. They'll pay eventually. Um, did you see the, the resurgence of that mid-90s local news story about VR? Like it was for the, for the what was it, uh, the Dactyl Nightmare game, the thing oh, you'd go God. to the arcade and play? Those so bad. They had a local news guy. There was a study that came out that said that can affect your ability to drive and perform in the real world after that stuff kind of was not taking off, but kind of taking off. I don't understand. Is it a good thing for you? No, it was, they were saying it was a bad thing. Bad, I yeah. still think there's it's a really whole, funny. there is a whole, uh, mess of liability issues that are going to come out of it. I think VR is great. You know, I'm a big fan of it. I'm a big supporter of it. Um, but I think there's a whole lot of liability down the waiting down the road for people that, that, that disappear into it. That for for whom people for whom the lines between virtual and real reality are blurred, sure, all kinds of stuff. I started rereading Ready Player One on my camping trip because I hadn't read it since it came out, and, and I wanted to kind of get back in, get get the VR brain going. Mm-hmm. It's such a good book; it's so fun. Re- I'm ready to get the couch, the full haptic couch, the suit, the whole thing. Just put me in a room. I'll come out once a week to say hi to the kid and the wife. We're not that. I mean, at this point, we're not that far off. No, ten years. Yeah. Maybe twenty. As a, as a percentage, like so, you I, I didn't get to do it, but you've experienced uh, all o- of it. Oculus Touch, the Vive, all of that stuff. As a percentage, how far are we towards what is the Ready Player One experience? I think what Palmer said in an interview last week, which is that that like we haven't seen the iPhone for virtual reality yet. Like the things that we have now are the earliest precursors to right. the iPhones. So right. They're the the pocket PCs and the Treos and the Palm Pilots and all right. that stuff. Right. I think that's absolutely true. I think we're several generations probably yeah. away from something that would be considered. But, but as, as Jeremy said, just to think what we'll have even 10 years from now is, is I, I, you can't even imagine. Yeah. And the software that they're running in ready player one took 10 years to develop. I mean, it was a yeah. massive MMO. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that'll start with something innocuous, like a chat room software or something like that. Um, and then the last thing is that, uh, Apple, I'll post the link to that alarmist TV report. It's pretty funny. Uh, the last thing is that Apple stopped selling the OG iPad mini, which means, Oh, they did? Yep. So there's no non-Retina iOS devices that you can buy now. And there's only one non-Retina product line that still remains at Apple. That's the MacBook Air? The MacBook Air. <laughs> yeah. So maybe I think they might still sell one of the MacBook Pros, like the 13-inch MacBook Pro. So will they release the a Retina Air or just get rid of it and use the new MacBook? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I think the new MacBook. I think, I think the their MacBook line has honestly become a little bit confused where you know the MacBook is actually lighter than the one that's branded as the light one. It's yeah. weird. <clears throat> we talked about that at length several when that when that came out. But yeah, I think that's I think they've got naming issues, but ultimately people don't give a shit about names. Uh, should we play some music and talk about what we've been testing a little bit? Sure. I took my Kindle Voyage camping. What's, oh, what's you know, the Voyage? Voyage is the 300 DPI screen. It's the fancy high-end one. The Although high-end. They just upgraded the Paperwhite to the same DPI. Which, ma- which now makes the Paperwhite literally the best ebook reader deal yeah. in the world. And I, I, 120 bucks still, I think. Yeah, and doesn't it, like, what's the point of the Voyage now? 
the, like, what it is has the physical buttons on the side that aren't very good, and no, it's I don't a little like tiny those. bit smaller. I, I feel like, I mean, you know, I, I always feel this way because I'm an early adopter, but I feel like a bit of a sucker for buying the Voyage now because the main reason to get the... I, I, I don't love the buttons on the Voyage. Uh, the screen is great, but now the new Paperwhite has that screen too. That, if you was, the, that to, was the real reason to get it. If you listen to us, you would have known not to buy the Voyage. But I don't listen to you. I know. And this on is, balance, I think I'm better off. This is your mistake. <laughs> like occasionally, you might make the right call, but I think overall, occasionally, I'm, I, I come out ahead by not by not listening by not listening not listening to about how much the the new paper white cost, and then it had a Mad Max Fury Road pre order for the Blu Ray. Oh, did you pre order it? Well, it's, I'm looking at it. I'm like Blu Ray 3D, Blu Ray DVD Ultraviolet for thirty five dollars, or just Blu Ray for twenty four digital version. I think I'm getting the, the 24. I don't yeah. think I want to. If, if it came with an iTunes copy, I would get it because that's the system I have at home. But Ultraviolet is so shit. Ultraviolet is not worth disaster. having. I don't remember the last time I bought a Blu-ray. It's all digital for me these days. I, bought, I just bought the Looney Tunes um, oh, I did too. Platinum Collections. Which one? All three? I had volume one already. I got volumes two and three. Is that the movies? No, no just the all shorts. the shorts. Roadrunner, Speedy Gonzalez, oh. Bugs Bunny. I ripped all of them and put them on Plex. And it's like the, my daughter is like, watch Bugs Bunny. So like when we have... Eight minutes to kill, and I want to put her. You know, they're the not con- they're not considered uh, suitable for kids today. I don't. I filtered out the ones that are kind of racist because there are a fair number of them. Yeah, there's also they're also kind of violent. Yeah, they're super violent. They're nothing compared to the. So I bought the Tom and Jerry. Tom collection. and Jerry is, of course, the ultimate in violence. Tom and Jerry is both racist and violent. Like Tom and Jerry is awful. Sometimes yeah. like Tom and Jerry, when you put the disc in, it has a disclaimer that said, this does not represent the views. This is, yes. These are presented. The Looney Tunes have as... to say the same one. Oh, they, really? they have the same disclaimer. Um, they say we present these in their original form because to, because to change them and take them out would be to pretend there's prejudice never existed, which I think yeah. is the, that's the is, right is, way is, to do is it. It's the right attitude, yeah. but they basically say, yeah, you're going to see some racist shit here. So yeah. the, the ones that are okay. Anytime you have a person in it, basically it's no good except for Elmer Fudd or, or, um, like a like a human, not Looney Tune character, you, you you're in questionable territory. Like, but if like Sylvester, like uh, uh, Elmer Fudd and Yosemite Sam, probably okay. Yeah, Roadrunner, hundred percent. Those are great. All good. Still pretty violent. Those are my, and Roadrunner. Those are my personal favorites. I wish there was a Blu-ray of just all the Roadrunner cartoons. Of those course, were, those were my favorites. Yeah, I love the Roadrunner. That's all anybody would buy. Me, me. Yeah, just the best. Um. What have you guys been testing? Jeremy, you've been in, in well, anything? Well, I got the new printer. Yeah, I got the new uh, PrinterBot um, <clears throat> Plus. And Metal it, Plus, right? Yeah, yeah, they just call it the PrinterBot Plus, confusingly. Okay. But anyway, uh, it's been pretty good for me. Uh, two weeks in, it started, something's wrong with it, where the belt started to slip. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the where it prints is, you know, like a millimeter off. Like well, the layer slip? Yeah, the layer slip, but it's, it's weird, like slips mid-layer. So I wrote TechSport about that. I got to fiddle with it. It's not something that I wanted to happen, having only owned it two weeks. Yeah. Um, is it that the it, gear, the, the shaft on the gear is, is loosened? Because that happened to me on my simple metal. Possibly. Uh, they also said it might be that I have to grease these rails. So the, ah. this is a very big bed. It's a 10-inch bed. Mm-hmm. And the, the, um, the print area is 10, 10 inches. So the bed is actually much bigger than that. And they, all slide, they both slide on these two little rails, and you have to grease them up. They say every two months. Yeah, little, but it, you just put a tiny dab of lithium grease on there and then run it back and forth. Lithium and grease. I think it's lithium grease. All right, yeah. I'll have to look into that. It's like white lithium grease or something like I'm that. I'm hoping that solves it. I don't want to open it up. It's not as easily accessible, the, the gears and the rails and stuff, as the simple was. Like, you can't lift it oh. up. The, the bottom is enclosed. Oh. So I don't even know how to get in there. Hmm. I'll figure it out. That's what I've been testing. Oh, and Simplify 3D, that new uh, slicing software. The $150 one? Yeah. You know, is it I, good? I wanted good things from that. It's very, very fast. I guess the support material is very good. But 
it doesn't, I get, uh, I do Cura most of the time now because I've had a few things that actually printed better with Cura. Mm-hmm. I like that if the model needs to be repaired, Cura does a better job repairing it for you without running it through NetFab or something like that. Yeah, NetFab is that Microsoft thing? Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that has fixed everything I've thrown at it. It's handy, but it's, since it's a, you know, it's a it's website slow. that's, it's very slow because everyone's using it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you know, I'd say stick with Cura. Well, Gar- my Gar- mini review. Gary, anything you want to talk about? You guys talked about the Apple Watch already. Yeah, so, you know, I, I do like my Apple Watch. I will say that, you know, in my ongoing effort to, um, you know, get a, get a bit more fit because I have a very sedentary job and get a bit more active, mm-hmm. the watch has, been, has, has actually, like all the little trophies and gamification, it does help. Like I've been going out and walking and jogging a little bit and doing more because, you know, I feel like there's a system in place to, you know, keep me active. So that's good. I like the trophies. They're yeah. cool. And what I always wanted, though, was for you to be able to reach out and spin them, you know, when they fly on the screen. Maybe I, uh, maybe with uh, 2.0. You can. They announced that. Oh, you can spin them around. I'm very happy about that. You can Big share deals. them on Twitter as well and do all that kind of stuff. Great. So I like that. Um, it's funny. It, it, it's funny taking it out into the world where it's still so so new. Um, like I, I went to the movies and did the passbook thing where you go, boop, and the guy was like, <gasps> what, what just happened there? And I was like, like, it's magic to them. And most people still don't know. Like I will say, like, like you see an Apple Pay logo and I say, can I use that here? And they're like, well, I don't know. no one's Try ever done and it. See. And you do it, boop. And they go, it's like, it is like magic. So, so that's I always, been fun. Like I, I use Apple pay. I've used Apple pay at Whole Foods a few times, like either on the phone or the watch. Either yeah. One. When I, we had a couple of flights in the last few weeks and I did the watch. I, I did the passbook on the watch, you know, to, to check in. Mm-hmm. And I felt like the biggest asshole in the world because it was fine at the TSA checkpoint where they have the scanner that faces up and you just rest it on top and it's a little bit awkward, but it yeah. worked out. Yeah. When I got to the gate, and you like the the scanner face down, so you slide your boarding pass under. Mm-hmm. It wasn't my. Oh, I you didn't can't get fit, your arm in there. So I had to, I had to either then I had to like pull my phone out and like it was really it was awkward. Uh, it was a bad social. I do feel slightly douchey when I'm doing. I try to do it as like inconspicuous. Yeah, as there's possible. no way to do it and look cool. Just do it fast. No, I do it at Walgreens a lot because I we always picking up stuff from Walgreens and yeah. they support it. So beep. See, we have Rite Aid, and they don't. So, yeah. one of the things that I've learned is, if, especially if you have a British, quasi-British accent like me, and you're at McDonald's, don't ask about Apple Pay unless you actually want them to give you an apple pie. Oh, because that's that I seems did, like a happy accent. I mean, I was I was not yeah. unhappy to you get a McDonald's pie, right? apple pie. Yeah, yeah. of course. <laughs> we gotta let this thing cool. I off. like the cherry ones better, but they're all good. They'll really burn the hell out of you if you chomp yeah, you too early. You gotta let you them cool off. Uh, I, I, I love the Echo, of course. We talked about that we earlier. We talked about that That's been probably the thing that we've been testing the most around the house. Um, I took the, So I took the Voyage. I also took, a couple years ago, I tested out a little $15 uh, um, uh, light, uh, like a lantern. It's something that, that's, it's kind of like the Tom's Shoes model. Where it's like a, the old Brooklyn lantern. I don't know what a Brooklyn lantern is. You know, the is. thing that I had that I got from TV. No, it is much nicer than that. It's plastic and looks futuristic. Oh, it's, it's plastic. Oh, well, it must yeah. be top quality. Well, then. no, the point is, it's when you buy one, then they also give one to people in parts of the country where they primarily use kerosene lamps for light in their houses, Yeah, which are both a, a asphyxiation, a carbon monoxide, and a fire hazard. Um, so it's a it has a solar panel on top. Uh, you can plug it into a USB charger or something like that because a lot of people have those because everybody uses them for their for their cordless phones for, for their wireless phones, cellular phones is the word I'm looking for. Um, but it charges in like four hours worth of sunlight and it'll run all night if you want it. Um, and I took it camping with me. It's super nice. It was really good. It gave enough light to like illuminate the inside of the tent when we were tucking tucking the kid in or, or you know needed to come in. Really neat thing. And it's like fifteen bucks. Um, I'll I'll post the links in the comments. 
All right. I was very interested in your piece recently about um, waterproof Bluetooth speakers because I'm going to be in the market for one of those soon. So I think I can talk about this. Let me, let me look and see. Um, like a Bluetooth speaker you can take in the shower? Yeah, or, you know, like have by the pool or, you know, yeah. don't have to worry about it getting splashed. Hmm. Yeah, so uh, Ultimate Ears just released. So you have the mini boom, right? The $99 yeah. boom. It's a I'm, great little speaker. Yeah, and I actually, my, when my dad was out here visiting, he loved it so much. I got him an extra. He took it home and he loves it. It's fabulous. But it was before the, the two newer models, the two bigger models, mm-hmm. the, the full size boom and the super boom or turp mega boom, the big yeah. one. Yeah are both water resistant. They have the same water resistance as the, as the Apple watch. I think it's IPX. Yeah. I, like I definitely like that whole range. The boom range is very good quality. Is that the one where you can um, use two of them to get stereo? Yes. Yes. That's yes. a nice feature. Yes. Um, so they just announced the roll, which is the successor to the mini boom. And Ooh. it's like a puck size thing. It's about that big. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's domed on each side, convex on both sides and it's waterproof. Um, so, and it's still 99 bucks. Oh, I might, so, might have to look into that. And the neat thing is, if you have the newer ones, not the mini boom, but the boom or the mega boom, you can pair those together <laughs> so that you can have, like, it won't be stereo because they're not the same speaker, but you can do, basically, like, make a multi-speaker chain. It won't be so stereo. You, so you have the same music coming mm-hmm. out of all of your speakers. Like, okay. when you pair two of them together right now, you can use them as a pair, like, times two, which yeah. is basically the same signal out of both ones. You can do a left and right yeah. channel. And they're perfectly synced? They're perfectly synced, they say. I haven't tested multiples yet, hmm. but um, it's I, I they sent us one. It sounds really good. We'll do a, a show and tell for it soon. Oh, so one other thing that I've been testing, people have been asking me about this. So for <laughs> Father's Day, I got a, my wife got me a, um, I guess what's called a bath bridge. Oh, I saw the picture of this. Yeah, so she got it for, I've been looking for one for a while. So in our house that we bought last year, I had a really deep bath. It's one of the things that I like to you know, really soak in this. <laughs> I would big, love to have a deep, deep nothing, nothing feels better in a drought than oh. getting in a really extravagant bathtub. Really deep bath, yeah. yeah. Fill in like 60, 70 gallons yeah. of water in there. Yeah, and just leave it running after you're done. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, <laughs> I mean it, when it gets cool, <laughs> fire up that hot water, warm it up. Don't, don't, don't conserve. I mean, it's okay. So did the whole family bathe in this after you were done or was it just like one person? Is that out. something you used to do? They like people going water. into someone else's bathroom no, after up, they were done? I grew up in Northeast Tennessee where we had plenty of water. Oh yeah. You tweeted a picture of yourself in your bathroom. Right. So Father's I was, t- okay. So that was the picture. I was yeah. very pleased with it. I saw it was that. one of my favorite father's day gifts. Oh. I like to relax in the tub. I have a stressful life. Clearly, <laughs> you know, <laughs> clearly I have a very stressful, I have a lot of stress going on in my mm. life. Work stress, life stress, yep. just general stress. Having a kid, having a two-year-old alone, that's having enough to a three nager, three, as yeah, they're three-year-old, known, yeah, is not Jesus. is nobody's idea of a picnic. And I think probably somebody who has a, te- a thirteen-year-old would disagree. They would say having a three-year-old is having a picnic. No, three sucks. <laughs> okay. three, three is worse. Good to know. <laughs> they they, they awesome. talk about one of the things. One of the things I learned from my wife is that they talk about the terrible twos, but three is much worse than two. My my daughter has started when we want to change her diaper now, saying that uh, it's her butt and she's allowed to have poop there if she wants. <laughs> Like great. It's 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 a fascinating insight this, into all acts of like defiance and arguing about. Like I said, I, I, I can't be trying to go to bed now. It's 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 daylight. It all these it goes on and on. We and just on lock her in the room. <laughs> Let her so, scream. It's so, fine. It works itself out. So having a nice soak. Yeah. In a tub. Yeah. As I think most people will agree is a great stress reliever. I heard that that's what 1% people do. Yes. It's one of the few things that has basically prevented me from just getting in the car and just driving into the fucking ocean. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, you wouldn't even have to do the gas at your house. You just put it in neutral and roll yeah, down the it's hill. It's not even that far. It's only yeah. two blocks away. Yeah. That's part of the you're danger for me. Yeah. I should not live that close to the ocean. It's a real danger zone. <laughs> okay, so while you're not uh, suiciding into the ocean in your vehicle, like what's her name from, from hopefully leave your daughter at home. Um, you have a soak in the bathtub. What's the what's the tub? So bridge? I like a nice a, a what? What's the, the tub? Tub, what? tub bridge is that what it's called? Yeah. So I like a nice soak in the tub, and unlike a shower where you just basically go in there, do your business, and get out. Like I'm really in the shower for more than ten minutes. That's all it takes to kind of get all the necessary. Again, thank you for all the necessary all the necessary areas can be attended to. I feel in, inside ten minutes. I can do it in a minute and a half, two minutes. Can you? Yeah, we have a timer. Why do you have a timer? Because there's a fucking drought on. Are you supposed serious? to be conserving water? Taking are you, a ten minute shower. Are you also a, are you also a, um, uh, uh, a practitioner of if it's yellow, let it mellow. We if it's are brown, yellowing and letting, letting it mellow. Yes. Okay. All right. I, I can't handle that. I, it's super gross. <laughs> I am not a fan. I thought about putting a urinal in the garage just so I can avoid the yellow mellowing situation. So anyway, showers. Ten most minute of the showers. What luxury. To be honest with you, 10 is on the outside for me. <laughs> but, you know, because sometimes it's nice to stay in the shower. Yeah. It's like this little fortress of solitude where the world can't intrude. Yes. There's no problems. It's true. It's just in this little cube. I of, put a speaker in there. Yeah. I, so I might, even my little mini boom, which isn't technically waterproof, yeah. I can put it on the shelf mm-hmm. and it'll play my music. I listen to some, you know, relaxing music. Listen to my meditation tapes. I find a 90-second track, so I know when my shower should be done. I don't wow. know about you, Jeremy. Uh, I have no, no time limit, okay. and I shower twice a day. Wow, really? Yeah. You shower twice a day? How do you yeah. keep from drying out? <laughs> Jesus, what, what kind of profligate <laughs> waste rolls do we have on this podcast? What, the next thing I know, next you thing should, I know. So you, 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 like when you get up in the morning before you go to bed at night? I discovered that showering both helps me sleep and wake up. It's like a magic mm. thing. It is true. It's actually, it's a, it, you wouldn't think it would, but having a shower right before you go to bed is conducive to sleep. So I sometimes will do the nighttime shower. Like if I've gone running or something at night, I'll do the nighttime shower and then just wet my hair in the morning, which usually ends up with me looking like a hobo when it's time to be on camera. <laughs> when you guys notice and you're like, man, Will looks like shit today, that's always a nighttime shower. I have to do a morning shower. Do the takeaway. See, the other thing wow. to bear in mind is this is, this is a cultural wow. thing. England is... is more of a na- more more a nation of bathers well, than right. showerers. My grandmother, who's Engl- who was English, was a notorious bather. Right. Yes. Always so I, a bath. I always enjoyed a bath. Yes. As as a uh, as a child mm-hmm. and as an adult, I still enjoy them. Well, children. I mean, I give my child a ba- bath. A bath. Yeah, a bath. She gets a bath every yeah. night. And my daughter loves a nice bath. Yeah, of course. So who doesn't? I would love to have a nice bath. Yes, I would just feel bad about it the entire time. The only thing, one of the things, it'd be nice to have someone like you know, like like the idea of having a butler, like someone I can get my own yeah, sandwiches or whatever. But the idea of someone drawing your bath for you, it takes. So you don't have to like plan ahead. You don't have to check. Like you just walk into the bathroom. It's already been done. The water is at the exact right temperature. I do that for my daughter every night. It's right. It's hard to get the. I don't. Like, there's got to be high tech baths that do this right. It's hard to. Get the water temperature. Like, have you ever done this? Like, you step into the bath. It's like it's too hot. So you just can't get in there. Right? Do you now. have two knobs on your shower? No, just one. See, if you have one knob, you just set it in the same place every night. It works itself out. Like when I give the kid a bath, I just know it's like, like twelve. No, I can eyeball it. Right I'm like, spot. it's pretty much there. Yeah. But there's very little margin for error. Like the porridge has got to be just right before mm. I'll commit to the bath. When we if re- it's too hot, then that's not pleasant. If it's too mm. cool, 
And you might have you might have used all the water in the hot water tank as well, so you, you can't have, make it hotter. You have to air hotter. You have yeah. to air yeah, on the you outside. Absolutely, you can always get you cold. You can always add a little bit of cool. Yeah. Right, so that's what I do now. Back in the days when I was able to take a bath before the drought, I used to like to do the thermocline. <laughs> so I'll make the top really hot. But why can't you have like sous vide for people? Where like it's the exact right temperature. Well, you could hang your sous vide thing on the side of the bathtub. Yeah. There's no reason. How long? But it would take ages to heat that up. Well, you start it hot and then it just maintains. But then you also have to have a big electrical thing in the tub with you, which seems maybe a little bit unwise. Mm. I, I love the thermocline. So I love to get a layer of cold water on the bottom and then hot water on the top. So you'll start with cold water. No, no, no. You start with hot water. You get it really hot. And then at the very end, you just put a dollop of cold water in and don't move at all. And you can feel like the bottom of your ass and your back will be in the cold water. And then above it will be in the warm water. It is nice to feel the different layers. Yeah. You know, this is one of the things that the Romans had, right? And it was fantastic. If you've ever been to the Roman baths in Bath, Uh they invented this. And it's it's, it's a fantastic thing. It's one of the most, I think, refreshing. Talking about cultures that benefit from slave labor. When were we talking about that? The very beginning of the show. Back when we were talking about Hitler. Bath, England? Yes. I mean, mean, the Romans, obviously, you know, they weren't perfect either. But, you know, as a civilization, in many ways, they were quite advanced. Yes. They invented plumbing and all Roads, kinds. all sorts of yeah, stuff. roads, yeah. aqueducts. Okay. So anyway. But their, their thing that they were really into is like going to, the, going to the baths was like a big thing for them, right? You know, in terms of replenishment. And mm-hmm. it was just like a part of their day. And what they did was, and if you've ever done this, it's fantastic, is, you know, you go back and forth between the hot and the cold baths. Mm-hmm. That is fantastic. Like when you stay at a hotel and there's like a pool and a hot tub. I will, I will often go back and forth because it's great to come from cold water to hot water and vice versa. Gina and I stayed in a resort one time that had like the full spa, like the full, full spa. Oh, yeah, Euro, I love that. Get a massage. And spa. And, yeah. So it was they like... wacky with fucking leaves and shit. They, they, it was called Terme or something like that. Of course you had, it like, was. Mud baths and then you had some sort oh, of yeah. s- alkaline And you can bath. basically spend the whole day there. Oh, yeah. treatments and just hanging out like by some, the pool. You'd, you'd lay on a table and somebody would come in and loofah you. Oh, yeah. Um, but the best part of that was the Japanese hot bath which was, I think, 120 degrees Fahrenheit. What? That's too hot. It's insanely hot. You get in for maybe 45 seconds. I don't even know how you could get in there at all. It's, it, it just flays the skin off, and then you jump out no, directly into a cold pool. Like, that's, that's just like, I wouldn't even be able to get a toe into that water. You don't it's, get used to it, that's do you? That's painful. No, no. You don't, you, it's, it's like you're in. It's, as soon as it stops being painful, they're like, you need to get out. Oh, God. And then you jump into the cold, and it feels oh, like, I would not. You like, would not get me in that. You, it feels like the best thing ever. I always feel bad. Like I always like to do the steam room or the sauna, but yeah. I can never stay in one of those for more than like two I like minutes. a steam. A sauna I can't do. It drives me out. But the yeah. steam room's good. Yeah. Do you get a little branch and kind of whack yourself in the back? No, but it? I do like Russians. pouring the water onto the hot stones. That's always fun. That is fun, yeah. 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 But I can just never stay in there for too long. It's too hot. So bath bridge? Right. So, yes. <laughs> Thanks, Jerry. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Here we go. Yeah. All right. Kick up back Gary through the layers. without that. So, I like a bath. We, we've sat- <laughs> and I like- <laughs> established. <laughs> <laughs> and I like, and I like again. Jeez. Unlike a shower where you just get in and out, a shower is really just about getting clean. Yeah, a bath is also about getting clean, but it's all, but it's more about relaxing. Like you stay in the bath and you just chill out. Yeah, right. It's you, you're not always like washing yourself. Sometimes you just like. It's nice. I like. I take a Kindle in a Ziploc and right. lay in the bath. So what I do is I take my iPad and I watch Netflix. Perfect. And I watch Star Trek or whatever. TOS or TNG. T- TOS. Okay. And. I had I used to slightly precariously balance the iPad on this shelf that we have above the bath. Yeah. But I never felt 100% comfortable with it. I'm watch I'm constantly watching Star Trek in a slightly 
you know, yeah, low, you you low level sense of stress, like the thing, <laughs> thing's going to topple into the bath, and I'm not going to be fast enough so to catch it. You're not getting it. the full effect of the bath. I'm not getting the. Saying. Yeah, I'm supposed to be relaxing. And I'm, yeah. In fact, I'm I'm worried about my iPad. Right. <laughs> so something was something was not working, and so I started looking for one of those. I didn't even know if they made them anymore, but they had when I was a kid. You had them like the little. It was like a wire rack basically that just went across the center yeah. of the bath, and you put your. Your soap and your rubber ducky and your yeah. towel, your, your face towel. Your bubbles. Thing in it. Yeah. Yeah. You missed the bubble. Your bath salt. What we used to call matey. It's called Mr. Bubble. Here. Okay. Okay. Um, we get it. And so that I thought, well, I could get one of those. I could put the iPad on that. And, and so I started looking around for one. And my wife, who is tremendously thoughtful, heard that I wanted one of these. And she went to Brookstone. And got me this really Sounds awesome one. like the perfect place to get this kind of thing. Yeah. I, I looked at Target and other... I could have gone to Bed Bath & Beyond, I guess, but I didn't. And I was looking for... I just wanted like a, just like a rack. But she found this really awesome one. So it's like all like wood, like bamboo quality. Mm-hmm. It like, looks good. Looks like it was made by a craftsman. And the two sides slide out so it fits any width of bath, mm-hmm. which is great. That's good. And then you put it there. And here's the magical part, right? It's got a little adjustable wire frame thing that is a stand for your ipad that it locks into it it's locks made into. for the ipad yes wow. it's exactly the width of your ipad mini or full full if you want if you, you put w- you put your ipad there and it's got different you know elevations yeah. so you can get it just how you want it and it's even got a little slot for the stem of a wine glass wow wow i don't drink wine but i put diet coke in mine just because you know whatever get Calgon and, I had, and then it's got a little tr- and it's got a little extra area here for like whatever so I put a tray of Oreos on it. <laughs> Perfect. And so part of my father's day was spent in the in my deep bath. This is you're like a Golga Frincham. You're just spending your yes. days in the tub yes. while you head to your new planet. Yes, I'm in the B Gary arc. world. Yeah. Yes. The, your Twitter pick did not use this device though, right? It was on the edge of the tub. No, it was. It was there. Was it in this new Brookstone? Um, yeah, yes. yeah, that was the bridge. That was wow. the whole point of it. Okay. Wow. I had my glass and my cookies. And uh, the iPad. And it's great because where, where I had it on the shelf before, it was like it wasn't reachable. Now you can have it like right up to where you are in your bath and yeah. you can like, you know, check your emails and stuff. It's brilliant. Does it work with a wet finger? The iPad? Yeah, the iPad works great with a wet finger. Okay. Yeah, you might want to dry it off occasionally because, you know, you don't want your screen to get too dry. When I do bath time computing, I like to keep a towel. Do you really put a Kindle on. in a Ziploc bag? Hell yeah, it works. Well, so that works because you don't have sound coming from the Kindle. Like with if you did right. that with your iPad, the sound right. would be all. But how's the picture through? Doesn't it get distorted through the? No, you get a clear ziplock. You don't get one of those smoke. You don't put it in a freezer. I would bag. just trust myself to not drop it. Hmm. I used to, and then I like with the with the seventy nine dollar Kindles, I would totally do that. Yeah, but once I upgraded to the two hundred dollars, just gonna one, stack a seventy nine dollar Kindle. Yeah, and drop I just one, I mean, get the next one on the rack. Yeah. yeah, it's no big deal. <laughs> it sinks right, so you know you don't even lose your place. But the two hundred dollar one, I felt weird about taking in the bathtub. Yeah, so ziplock bag. Yeah. Um, you got to get the ones without the place to write on, though, because if you have the oh, freezer yeah, yeah. bag or the place to write on, it doesn't work too well. Um, I think I thought this was going to be a short show because there wasn't that much to talk about this Told week. You. But guess who was wrong? Um, thanks for coming by these days. Gary, uh, what's going on with you? you? Your book's coming out soon, right? Yeah, it's coming out next week on Tuesday. Ooh. The digital version hey, of it th- you'll be able to get uh, on the 30th. The print version will be in the stores uh, July 29th. You and Apple both releasing things on Tuesday. What's Apple releasing on Tuesday? Apple Music launches. Apple Music. Oh, okay. Is this it? The bamboo bathtub? Yes, patty? that's it. No. Yeah, nice. see that, so there's, there, see that little slot there? Talking to the microphone. That little slot there is where your wine glass goes. This little thing here, you can put soap or your iPhone or cookies, whatever. Yeah. And then this little thing here has got little notches in it, so you can adjust the elevation of the, uh, 
of the iPad. Mm-hmm. If you like to bathe, I um, I highly <laughs> recommend it. See, they're using a book there, but it is it is in fact the exact width of an iPad. Nice, perfect. Yeah. Um, so, Abomination, it's out soon. Abomination is out next week. Okay. You can go to inkshares.com and uh, pre-order it. Can you get or, on Kindle and all the places. Yeah. If like you go, to so the way that we're doing it is if you. Um, even if you order, if you order the print version, you get the digital version thrown in for free, which oh, I think nice. is how they should do it with all books. Um, but if you just order the digital version, I guess this is how everyone does it. You get a Mobi mm-hmm. file, which is Kindle, and you also get an EPUB, which is for iBooks and, and everything else. else. Yeah. You, you, you get two versions and of the, the file. The neat thing is if you have the Mobi version, even with Kindle, you can email it to a special address that's an Amazon address, and then it'll just show up in your library. Yes, like a or, you or, or, or you can just plug your Kindle in with USB and drag it into the documents folder of your Kindle. But if you do it across the email thing, then it'll be on, on like your phone and all the other places you might be Oh, okay. Well. well, that's a good tip. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so highly yeah, recommend. So you just that. have to know your your Kindle email. Yeah, address. you basically go to like manage my Kindle or something like yeah, that, and, and you set up an email address for for yeah. your account because it's something like Gary's it. Kindle seventy three yeah, at whatever. It. Now, yeah. l- last time you were on the show, I asked you about your audiobook plans. Yeah, you said if you were funded, it would happen. Oi, is it happening? What's that? That's my. I, I told you I wanted to be the audiobook reader. I, I, I've been working on accents. No, I don't think you're the right. I think probably Greg Miller is the, would be my go to guy. Oh, Greg, His now, English Greg, accent is infallible. I don't know about it. Does infallible mean terrible? Yes, it's awful. Okay. It's absolutely just just monstrous. I, yeah, it's it's. Have you heard him mine. do oh, it? It's worse than mine. Oh, it's terrible. Mine's bad. It's terrible. So what are the plans? So the plans are. I have to figure out the plans. Right. Um, it's it's really weird. On the we, we'll do it because you kind of have to do it. Like everyone, yeah. All books have an audio book. Um, it, it's, at least it's, everything we're speaking. The, of. It's, it's the it's the second most. Popular question I get asked after is there a Kindle version? Is oh, okay. is there, will there be an audiobook version? So you feel like you want to do it, yeah. but then I spoke to people that are in publishing. They always said it's actually a tiny part of the market. Like one percent of book sales are audiobook. Yeah. But I just got myself an Audible account again mm-hmm. when I'm doing um, doing my little um, exercisey walk things. Mm-hmm. I got Audible so I could start listening to audiobooks. My first time actually ever listening to to an audiobook, and I oh, quite liked it. Make so, sure you're downloading the highest quality version, okay? Because th- that matters. What do you mean? Well, they they used to hide the highest quality version. Now it's more accessible. But you mean highest quality, like audio, audio quality? Audio quality, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. I mean, they're big files, but we've got space. So one of the things I realized, because I bought, I just finished Seven Eves, the Neil Stevenson book, which is mm. highly recommended if you haven't read it yet. It's awesome. Uh, as, as an audio book? So when I bought the, the, the digital book, I was enjoying it so much, and I it said, hey, if you want to get the audio book, you can get it for like $3 on top of the, the, the Kindle version. Oh, okay. And then it syncs, we've talked about this before, but like when I yeah, put even down syncs the, the audio it with the, the page. audio to that's where a, you are on amazing. the page, which is incredible because it means that like those those books that you're enjoying so much that you don't want to put down when you have to like leave for work and drive to work in the morning, you can then fire it up. And now but the can, audible but, but stuff find, lives but, inside the Kindle app. But do you find that satisfying <clears> to jump back and forth between reading the book and having it read to you? It depends on how good the reader is. So if the reader is no good. Like if Greg Miller is reading the book, I don't want to do that. Right. But if I'm reading the book, I would totally do that. Right. <laughs> I'm just saying. Because it's your voice in yeah, both my cases. Voice. I've, always, awesome. I've always had a weird snobbishness about audiobooks. I've talked about this with Veronica in the past because she reads a lot of books via audiobook. And I always feel like it's not quite, you're not ingesting it the same way than if you're actually reading it's it. That's true. But, but storytelling is a verbal pastime before it was even a printed Well, like pastime. I said, I read, I, I did one this way. I did the Alan Partridge autobiography that's mm-hmm. read by Alan Partridge. And that was very enjoyable. Yeah. So I may I may get some more. I've got to find the right books. The, the reader is everything. Yeah. In answer to your really question, is. even though it's a small part of the market, there are people that, that want audiobooks. And so And we'll pay for it. Yeah. Know? And the nature of my deal with the publisher was that I actually retain all the audiobook rights. So it's oh. something I can do 
if myself. You, you know, if you want to come over and read it yourself. Well, for I have a little cut I, of that juice. I, I, have, I have all the stuff. No, 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 that, that will never happen. Like, I don't even want to do like readings from the book. Like, I just, I just, it's just you horrible just to your imagine voice. that. I just, no, I like, I love the sound of my own voice, which true. should be obvious. <laughs> well established. But I, the idea of like me doing a dramatic reading of like, it just, I couldn't, I just couldn't do it. Like even, when I'm reading like three little pigs to my kid, I suck at it. No. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You got to do voices. It's the best part about I've reading to your kid. Uh, yeah. I just, it, I can't do, I can't do that in a series. You should me read Paddington. Huh. But I have, I have amazing. ideas for like, I have ludicrously high above my station ideas for who I would want to read it. David Attenborough. Can't, can't hurt to ask, but but I have but Jamie Lee Curtis because of the nature of my day job. I have ways into some that's yeah, true. To certain aspects of this. You could, so. you could get Sam Jackson to read your book. Well, it needs to be someone who can get a good English accent. Yeah. I don't know if Sam Jackson would read my book. I would totally just it doesn't matter. I guess I would probably just like, yeah, I was like yeah. yeah, like what yeah. I right. would definitely want that version. Yeah, I would listen to the Sam Jackson. <laughs> you know how you can get like the iced tea voice pack for Call of Duty. Yeah, like well, I would want Sam. No. Like, Sam Jackson would be DLC. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, or just have Sam Jackson voice one character, maybe. Anyway, yeah. um, Jeremy Williams, what's going on with you? Where can people find you? Uh, at Jerware on Twitter. There um, we go. Yeah, that's what all, is going on with you for now. I'm I'm revamping the game frame. I'm, oh, you are? Yeah. I thought you were done with it. I'm done with the last edition. Now I'm doing a revision. Ooh, Game Frame 2.0? Ah, uh, Game Frame 1.1. Yeah. But it's so what does that mean? Does that mean it's going to go back on the market? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully it'll be, you know, for sale where I won't run out. <laughs> people are asking, people ask about it a lot. Like yeah. people ask us, they always ask us, hey, what's that thing behind Norm on the set? So yeah. I had what's to- the nature of the, uh, of the revamp? Well, it's it's all it's all rethought. So it's all new circuit boards, different style of LED, but the same, you know, same number, same arrangement. Uh, same general style, just different chip inside of them. The the chips, like the availability of chips that are better connected and stuff like that, is much better now, right? Yeah, and it's a it's a new frame. It's a new um, it's a one centimeter wide wooden frame, solid wood. It's, it's stained and finished. And, and are you still building more yourself, or are you going to outsource this? Uh, no, I'm having them built in Portland. Oh, oh wow, made yeah. in America. I love it, and fulfilled from there too. So it'll be very manageable. How did you? How did that come about? I just started looking around for partners, and the guy that I was working with to um, do some of the circuit board work knew this guy who does fulfillment and assembly in Portland, and it's great for us because I can, you know, take a train up there, drive up there if I need to. And yeah, that's way easier than go to China. Totally, and it's all domestic, so that's great. Yeah, I like awesome. stamp made in America on that thing Absolutely. for sure. Well, they, yeah, some you, some of the parts are made in China, but that's just uh, well, you can't help that by necessity. Are you going to do? Uh, is it going to be like artisanal? Will we be able to choose different finishes? Will I be able to get walnut or? I'd love to do that. Found wood, not or a, not a lot. Okay. Once we find out what the ongoing demand is, mm-hmm. then I'll look into those kind like of options. A, a reclaimed. Yeah, I'd like I'd like wood paneling from 1950s station <laughs> wagons. <laughs> I th- I'm very pleased with the with the look of the wood for, the, for this it. version. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, then people want to find out about that. They can ask you on Twitter. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to be ready for a few months. Okay. Hang tight. Um, that'll do it for us today. Today's outro comes from Billy Ray Blackwood. Thank you guys for coming by. We'll see you all next week. And I think Norm will be back next week. So, uh, there we go. Uh, here's the outro. Hi there. I didn't see you. That's it. Why do you think about finding, you know, street? Use words on. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't listen to that one. That's a good one. It worked out. Um, Okay. Okay. See you all next week.